Welcome to the Craft Imperial Podcast, a weekly podcast about cigars, whiskey, and all the banter you could possibly want. You'll join your host, the Bourbon Cowboy, the Viking, as each week we get into different cigars, different whiskeys, budget, hard to find, unicorn, you name it. The rabbit holes we're going to go down, insights, opinions, conversation, new releases from Craft Impero, and anything else we can seem to let fall of our mouths that week. You guys enjoy this episode. Mahalo. All right, right along, guys. Welcome back to the Craft Imperial Podcast. You are here with your host, the Viking. Yeah, the Bourbon Cowboy. And we've got... Someone shit you risky. Ah, he likes to drink whiskey. The Mad Russian. <laughs> and Tommy Too Clean to Klein. You gotta yeah, speak, was... bro. It's not just all video. You gotta speak, too. Uh, Out of all mm. those years, that's a... He was, like, <laughs> spot on that. Yeah, I nailed that one. That was pretty, that was pretty good on that one. Yeah, I nailed that. Hi. Uh, don't be a fucking weirdo, dude. Right. Anyway, guys, so we are here today. I'll let the cowboy do his nipple test on the weather, and he'll tell you all about that. But we are outside. It's a actually glorious day today, uh, considering the weather that we've had recently. Um, we are here outside. I'm going to let Tommy talk about the cigar, because this wasn't planned, and then he showed up, so now we're doing it, and then we'll get into why we're doing it after that. And then once he does that, as I'm kind of pouring this bottle around, or as everyone's pouring their own drink around, um, I'm going to let the Mad Russian discuss this bottle that we have, okay? So, Tommy, how about you start with the cigar, let us know what we're smoking, and then I'll get the bottle out, and we'll start doing that, and then Russian, you'll follow up on the bottle. Okay. All right, All right I can do that for you. So, today, I brought in the Sun Grown Garofalo La Familia. And uh, here you go, if you can see it. If you can't, I'm sorry. Uh, <clears throat> these are, the entire Garofalo La Familia line is six months aged in charred bourbon barrels. He's not paying attention. I'm listening. Okay. Uh, so what we have here is a Nicaraguan wrapper binder filler. This, being the Connecticut, is Connecticut wrapper Nicaraguan binder filler. And then the Maduro version is also Nicaraguan wrapper binder filler. So, you know, but the key to these are they're six months aged in charred bourbon barrels. Uh, get them in five different Batolas, wonderful cigars, high medium strength. Uh, you get some real good sweetness from that. Uh, charred bourbon barrel so that works phenomenally and you know there you go that's the that's the long and the short of it fantastic what does the number symbolize on the wrapper i can't see it because it's on it's on the end the under side of it what the heck are you talking so mine has see mine has a 20 oh uh, so i believe that is an established date on the blend but i am might be telling a lie so don't hold me to that I like that label. All right, so Matt Russia, why don't you get into this Booker's bottle here? So, I heard, I, I read about about some of the foreign releases of, of, of Booker's, and you know, when I, when I, whenever I travel, especially outside the country, I, I go out of my way to find them. I, 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 
I mean, I, I had a lot of other sightseeing to do in Australia, but I I went to liquor stores looking for that. I went to duty free stores looking for it, and I couldn't I couldn't find it. It was all sold out everywhere. Um, and I, I mean, I found great stuff to drink in Australia, but just not bookers. And then I got this email. What sounded kind of shady sounded like uh, you know maybe maybe it maybe it's a scam but I thought okay I'll, I'll, I'll give it a try anyway so I, I, I ordered two bottles and uh, you know we'll see what happens and, and then they it showed up this is this is the bookers meant for the Australian market so I, I believe this is the 2022 uh, first release yep and um, so uh, what I want to say, well, first, let's cheers this and let's get into this. Wow. Let's see what we think. And then we're going to go into a little bit of Booker's history here because, you know, I'll, I'll kind of rerun through my Booker's history again and we'll do that. But let's see. I immediately that's get my some cup French of tea. sweetness. Yeah, that's my cup of tea, man. That's very, very Booker. I'll tell you that. The proof is definitely there. Um, one thing I'm going to immediately go with that I actually prefer over this bottle than the other ones, do you notice on the year and date label, there's no name? It's not named. How is every other American release per quarter is named? The that's Granny's right. Biscuit or Granny's, Granny's or Country Ham or shiny barrel boston tea things like that this one's not the proof is there it's got the kind of liqueur kind of hang on the tongue a little bit but i don't know it's just cool because we've got them both here so all of the all of the like the actual label is 100 percent the same with one difference is on the australian release the 750 milliliters 62.1 percent 62.15% alcohol by volume is bold and it says approximately 37 standard drinks. <laughs> I'm gonna go with no. Maybe eight standard drinks. So, you know. Um, but it is cool. I mean, even the way they change, like the, the, the wax is the same, the, the color tie is the same, but the way they change the labels a little bit. This doesn't have a name to it. Um, it just says 26 years, 11 months, batch number 2022 01, 62.15% alcohol by volume, 124.3 proof. And you like that. I do. See, I, I prefer the way they're doing it here because anything's better with a story. And I like that they put a name to each bottle and then there's a story behind each bottle and what the uh, incentive. So is that why you don't like the whiskey? That's nothing to do with the whiskey. I'm oh, just okay. saying, as far as the packaging and how they do it here with a story and a name on each, you know, and how it... Oh, yeah. No, no. What I was saying there is I like how they differentiated them. Yeah. So this doesn't just look... It could look the exact same and just say, you know, Australian market, right? Right. I was I like how they like, altered it to do You that. know, this was the, the Dundee batch or something. <laughs> there you go. Dundee batch. <laughs> <Andrea, laughs> and Booker Knoll so the guy. What's the, and... what's the next name for 2202? <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Keith <laughs> Urban? <laughs> Keith Urban? We're going to run out of Australians here, bro. Like, like, come on, man. <laughs> well, we seem to be able to figure something out for this. I'm sure we could do it for us. Australia. 
<laughs> like Olivia Prison Batch, colony. like Olivia Newton-John, <laughs> Olivia Batch. <laughs> uh, wow, I almost said something wrong. Stop it. All right, so we're firing. Is there something we could say that would be wrong on this show? I don't know. Oh, I'm certain I can. <laughs> I'm a walking human resources nightmare. You you missed you know some 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 great stories earlier. Let's fill you in. Oh, of new happenings, news I've missed. Or no, not news, just, just uh, situations that Tommy has found himself in recently. Oh, which are fun and exciting. I will not argue <laughs> that. Um, so, <laughs> how's uh, shocking? How's this cigar off the get-go? What do you guys think? For being sun-grown, and you did say these were aged, the, what part of it was aged in bourbon? These barrel? cigars aged in a... So post-roll, post, post roll, yes. then they go in? Okay. Six months okay. in a charred bourbon barrel. When that happens, so I've never actually seen even a picture of how that's done. Do they, they pack it into the barrel? I honestly have never seen it done myself. You know, it's one of those mm-hmm. things that I'm certain people that are in the industry that do these things, they have a method, but it's nothing I personally has ever been fortunate enough to. You guys want a cool little dirty secret that happens sometimes? So you know how once cigars are go post-roll before they get labeled cellophane box or anything like that, they go into a cedar room and they sit, right? So a lot of times when you hear that bourbon barrel age means that there are staves laying on these shelves and these cigars are laid on top of those staves. That's your bourbon barrel aging. Not all of the time right. it does happen for an entire cigar being finished, right? Because in my mind, right, maybe there are cedar stew, but how do you take, you know, one, how many cigars could you fit in that barrel? Right. And how would you situate them so the outside meets the inside, the top meets the bottom? How do you maintain consistency through the cigars? You know what I mean? Yes. Now, when they do things like binder and filler, you know what a pilon looks like. Yeah. Okay, so just imagine you are stacking another pilon, just you're fitting what you can inside of barrels. Right. right? That's yeah, how but, they do it that way. But he's talking about post-rolling. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's a little dirty cigarette I gave away. You'll have that, right? So when something's got three years of age on it, every cigar post-roll, no cigar, well, I'm going to say no cigar, but most properly manufactured cigars, once they're bound, filled, they've waited in the presses, they get wrapped, they're cut, they're capped, they're ready, they go sit. Right. To an estimated date or to an established date, and then once they come out, then the labels go on, cellophane boxing, packaging, etc. right? That bourbon barrel aging that you get on a finished cigar, a lot of times it's just barrel staves that are laid inside the aging room, and the cigars are sitting on top of them. And I cannot tell you if that's how it's done or not because I am not that familiar with the process yeah. they use. Because these are all done through Perdomo. Because I was wondering about this. This is a Perdomo cigar. Because you know, like with a with a with a, you take this 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 beer for example. It's pretty straightforward. This beer was 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 poured into a Basil Hayden barrel, and the the liquid helps pull out the character from 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 the wood. And and I I was always curious about what method they use to to, to extract the the flavor. Right. Well, the only thing I look at is if you have a post-rolled cigar and you're using a barrel and you you literally are going to use the barrel. The problem I see is the cigar that's in the middle, that that group of cigars in the middle, are not getting the same touch No, they're, the they're, ones on the outside. Yeah, they're not getting the moisture draw from the humidity from the right. outside. That's, that's my question. So right? using yeah. your 
theory that you said you knew how some of them were done. Maybe that's the smart yeah. way to do well, it. Well, and the reason you think about that, right? So, like, when you build a pylone inside a barrel, right, how natural fermentation takes place, the constant stacking of moisture on top of each other creates heat, creates humidity. Right. That forces air to go up and out. When it's into a barrel, it goes up and mushrooms around, right. right? It has to. It's got nowhere to go. So that's where you do get a lot of the... When you have barrel-aged product, it's not normally the entire cigar. It might be the wrapper. I'm finding binder to be more popular now because wrapper's so sensitive. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to... And it's expensive. You don't want to ruin... You know, if you got 100 barrels with, you know, enough wrapper leaf in there to do 10,000 cigars, you lose half of it. You lose a quarter of it, you're in trouble. Right, right? that's you a don't trunk have, of your, You don't have... You know, your projected outcome—it's not there anymore. You know, you're going to be hurting a little bit. I agree. Um, but I don't know. The one thing I will say about this cigar: this doesn't, out of all the barrel-aged stuff that that I've smoked, I'm sure we've all smoked them around and around. This doesn't really present too much of that kind of that tanning right. of it. There's a sweetness to it that kind of meets the like being sun-grown. The immediate thing I think when you got sun-grown wrapper, uh, Corojo probably. Nicaraguan seed seed variety, crow, crow. Right, but they don't give me that. Okay, okay. Normally, sun grown wrapper. That's where you get a lot of that black pepper, like just the right. boom on it, right? I find pepper in it just starting, <laughs> but there's this sweetness that's there. It just, I don't know what it is. I'm not gonna call it, but it, it's right. just, it goes sweet, then it goes raw black, black spice. I agree. You know? Like I said, I think they're phenomenal cigars. I really do. The collaboration they have with Perdomo to get these cigars and is then... Is a shorter bottle? It is. Yes, it is. Interesting. Wait. Just, no, just slightly. It's shorter. No, I think yeah, the no, bottle's no, no. the no, same. No, no, no. The cork look tire. here. Look, no, look here, not at the cork. It's just a slightly smaller bottle. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I do. I'm looking at it. I think what's going to be interesting, and I would suggest we do this one right after, because this is... We can do it side by side. Yeah, there's enough biscuits. glasses here. We can do it side by side. I'm just telling you, this is beaten biscuits, and it's got a little of that sweet doughy in Let's it. Let's do it. It wouldn't surprise me. This is beaten biscuits. And, uh, Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's this two years is, apart, though. This is, uh, this is six years, eight months. How many is that? 611. Yeah. This is uh, 63.5. This is 62.15. So what we could do is... I'm just saying, what is I don't think they've reinvented anything for Australia. I just think <laughs> put it in a damn bottle and send it out. <laughs> okay, here. Are you ready? You Get ready for this? <laughs> so Booker's 22.01 was Ronnie's batch, which we have at home. 62.15, 124.3 proof. Oh. That's what it is. It's Ronnie's batch. <laughs> Damn, I should have done this before I got I'd have brought the bottle. Yeah, right. that's exactly what that is. Age six years. Oh, I can't see Eight it. Eight months. Oh, I can't see it. There. Yeah, six anyway. years, 11 months. I'm just saying, you tell any bourbon guy. Oh. It's Why you got to go and spoil that, man? <laughs> you know what? Because I'm supposed to be the wise old owl. Yeah. It kind of brings you know what? Put the owl this. down. What are you doing? I'm gonna go with just hold. <laughs> well, pour that up. Let's see how they taste against each other. Maybe it's something special about it in fucking 
New Zealand or Australia. Yeah, we or don't know. No, we don't know. Oh. Good call on that, bro. That was, I should have, damn it. I should have thought about that. Um, but no, that's what I do find interesting about the cigar is for being sun-grown, um, it's not as spicy as I thought it would be, it's but perhaps that secondary aging factor is what gave it the, shit, the, sweet, the sweet set in. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but it's it's good. I actually I actually got I got got up on these because um, Tommy and I were sitting around. We were talking. He kind of gifted me a box of these um, Garofalo Maduros in the Toro size, and we smoked those on what? Just thinking about how that actually happened. <laughs> what? Oh my god, I feel better now. Every I was gonna say that had to be a down shot. Oh my god, I feel better. Um, Jeez, thank you, sorry. <laughs> but we hell? smoked, we smoked the Maduro on Super Bowl, and I, that was that was a that was a, a very good Maduro scar. Now, I, I'm not too strong, rather medium set in, but it yeah. had great body to it. It, it was sweet. Uh, it had um, tannings is what a word I've been using now lately because I feel like it kind of encompasses a lot. There was some kind of wood to it, some kind of texture involved. I look at it like when you look at a wine or on, on, on whiskey, like when you give it the legs, you can see how much of the glass it holds. The cigar just held to your palate. Smoked, grab the cigar, smoked for almost two hours. Yeah. Just just going. And it never it never let go. It, it, lit, it lit in that medium side, stayed in that medium side. It just fits in one of those all-around good cigars. And, you know, that's the one thing about the Garofalo line, all three of them. Even though the Connecticut is, a, uh, in my opinion, a much lighter body than the rest. It's a Connecticut. Thank, what did I say? Yeah. yeah. What did I say? That's what you said. I'm okay. just saying. Right, the Connecticut yeah. here. There's like two Connecticut's on the market that aren't light. Right, it's a very light body compared to the this and uh, Maduro, but it's still a really good flavored cigar that you're going to go, okay, yeah, it's lighter, but it's still a good everyday smoke that's going to hang with you. You're not going to go, oh, man, this is a breakfast dog walker, <laughs> you know, because most people like myself, when I want a Connecticut, it's early in the day. It's not a late day cigar. So have you ever tried to finish your night with a Connecticut? Like last cigar of the night? Yes, actually. Keep going, I'll tell you my story. Okay, no, that's actually when I've actually become rather fond of Connecticut cigars. Like the end of the night, like, you know, you're drunk, you want a cigar, but you're not, you know, you're not like, I don't want to go smoke this big, bold guy, right? I, I have found, like, because you get, like, my, my favorite, favorite light, easy Connecticut is Oliva Connecticut Reserve because yeah. it's just a silky, milky, smooth smoke. It's just, the body is there, but you smoke it, and if you're if you're a strong cigar smoker or a full body, full strength smoker, it's nothing. Right. If it didn't have that texture and the creaminess and silkiness of the smoke, I wouldn't touch it at all. But which it is does. why I look forward to you smoking that and yep. letting me know what you think, because I Definitely. think you're going to find the same principle. Okay. Between the two. So where is Garofalo made? Like who who makes their product? Perdomo. Perdomo? This no, let's be clear. This specific cigar, the Garofalo La Familia is a Perdomo product. So Maduro Sangrown Connecticut? Yes. Is is that the three varietals? Yes. Yeah? Okay, cool. All right. Um, you know, people 
we we collaborate with a lot of different manufacturers. As right. you know, with the firecracker that's coming out, can I talk about that? Yeah, of course. So it's up to you. Yeah. Uh, we've got the firecracker that literally, I believe, yeah, shipped yesterday. Uh, it's the St. Patrick, which is a collaboration with All Saints, and we've had All Saints on the show. Uh, it's a small barber pole, wonderful cigar, which, you know, I've got samples coming for you guys. When I get my box, I, I got one. You guys will get to try it. Uh, but that's how United works. Um, the Atabay, the Byron, and the Bandolero, that's select tobacco, which is Nelson Alfonso. And we, we work yeah. with Nelson Alfonso as, I don't even want to use the term distributor because we sell all of his product. But you get the point. Uh, they work with whoever wants to work with us. The Jose Dominguez, the Yaya, again, great guys. <sighs> that we work with, so they produce cigars, we sell them. For the record, while he's busy, this, which one, the, the second bottle we tried, that is phenomenal. I like that better than the first. What'd you call it, something biscuits? Beaten biscuits. Yeah, that is a phenomenal bourbon. I will say this, which I feel like a broken record, but. <coughs> like a cigar when you first light it I, I'm convinced now because I know on our show we try to talk about the cigar right away but I, I, I think until you get about an inch two inches in you're really you, you're not getting I, I'm the not body. really getting the cigar yet right and I think when you open a bottle uh, of anything I think it needs to breathe, and, and that sounds like a wine thing or whatever, but just to open it, drink it, it and put it on the show. This, we, we may have already tasted this beaten biscuit two times. It's, uh, this was a, uh, what year was this? 2019. Okay. Oh. So I'm just saying, this is, I'm not saying it hasn't aged, but airs got into it and it's changed it a little bit. Well, sure. And I find them to be, their, their, their true kind of reflection comes out after the bottle's open and it's had some air hit it a little bit. And um, so it may be a little unfair because this to me um, seems a little um, tainty hot. Right. Well, this is this is too. I mean, like, I do agree. You know, you've talked about that over and over. You're the one that taught me that about letting the bottle breathe a little bit because, like, coming coming from Scotch, you could open a Scotch up, pour that damn thing. It's just as sweet and citrus as going to be forever, right? With Booker's, and that's what I was going to get to. You know, Booker's when when I latched on to bourbon, I think I latched on to Booker's harder than anything else. Like, I just fell in love with Little Book. I love all the collections. It's fun, <clears throat> but. Even with what you said, this bottle's over a year old and still sealed. Do you think? Do you think that's uh, a little different? Definitely, definitely. When the air gets to it, um, I mean, the prime example that we've had on the show is that goddamn Evan Williams. That yeah, that bottle and bond. Yeah. When me and you opened that, we were like, "Oh my god, this is crap." Yeah, and I don't think me and you've ever done that for any bottle we've ever we've, opened. We've up. never agreed. No, I shouldn't say we've agreed when we both like when it's something in our wheelhouse. I don't think either one of us been like, ah, we don't we don't dig that. That was the first time that Thank we thanks brother that we opened a bottle. So speaking of that airing, I'm gonna let the the Australian sit 
I'm gonna sip on this uh, beaten biscuits, and then I'm gonna come back to that, let it oxidize for a while, and then I'll see what happens to that. But my my uh, the but proof that was is a, in the pudding. That, that, that first bottle. That was the that first could bottle. Be, I would like for us to take the six year and drink it against that bottle now because Heaven Hill six year against Evan Williams bottle. Yeah, bottle. I think you'd be a little surprised. Wait, isn't is Evan Williams Heaven Hill? Hell yeah, yeah it's Elijah Craig. Yeah, yeah. Evan Williams is uh, Heaven, Heaven Hill. Hill. Yeah. yeah, it's one of their number one sellers. All right, can I show my ignorance for a moment? Yeah, shit. Oh, there. I'm it is. a Scotch guy. <laughs> <laughs> you want to say real quick? There it is. I deserve that. <laughs> there it is. So I'm a Scotch guy, and I know that when you have Scotch, a couple drops of water, a small ice cube, it opens it up and changes. I can't with this motherfucker. Okay, it changes. Does that work the same with bourbon? You're not a no. Scotch guy. You're a Scotch guy with a couple drops of water and ice cubes. No. I mean, to get the... I, I feel like... And now listen. We, we, and actually, yes, in a little me, bit. Because, and because they say there's no way or no wrong. Well, the... to get the honest, true what is supposed to be out of that bottle, you got to drink it neat. The, I hang, personally think. I 100% agree. But one thing with what you said... The distilled or clean water drop into a glass that is actually an origination in Kentucky in bourbon. Okay, that did scotch. not start with scotch okay. because and up I totally until agree with that. I up don't until do it many times, but I want to say we've done it a couple times, especially on Stag you, Junior. Well, you do it's it, beautiful. Yeah, I can't understand. Just that. one drop or two, and it opens so well, many. Well, I say to me, it opens but, scotch up a lot. Well, but the, I didn't know if it worked with bourbon. No, it, it, it started with bourbon does. because the reason for that is. I, I, I want to say, I think it was late 2000s, like 9, 10, 11, somewhere in there. That's when you started seeing the, the the start of the crazy bourbon push, right? Where proofing started becoming higher, right? The idea with dropping the water in is when you're a master, t like we're going to drink some of Jackie's I Can't stuff today, right? When, when she was at Old Forester, when she was tasting uh, Old Forester 1910, okay? She's tasting that at barrel proof. And once it gets to that point, it's like, okay, we're good. Then they add the water to cut it down right. to the bottling ABV, okay? Right. The idea with that was when you released a full proof or a barrel strength or a high proof or, or, or whatever, right? Anything above, what is it? Is it 102 that makes it barrel proof? Or is it 100? I don't know. 101? No, it's whatever it's, it comes out yeah, of the I barrel. Don't think. Oh, out of the barrel, okay. So the idea there was, well, you can try it here and if the, the 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 sexual part of it or the 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 romantic part was, if you want to try it like the distiller, add a couple of drops of water, and you'll taste what it comes down to. Can right? you remotely drop the water in it? Like by I mean, if drone? you got if you got that, like by fly a drone over. I mean, I'm just curious. It, can you remotely drop the water in it? If she's an available participant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's where that came from. The okay. reason for that is in Scotch. Again, up until the early 2000s, you can fact check this. I don't think there was such a thing as a cash strength Scotch until the early 2000s because they were trying to get ahead of the the bourbon push okay right when high proof stuff started coming out and the funny thing to me is there are bourbon drinkers that can drink up to 146 proof and just love it oh. and then you give them a 109 proof scotch and they're like oh 
<laughs> Can't do it. It's just so different. In prime example, when we were with Edgar at Cigar Vault that day with Mark, remember yeah. we had that, we poured a, he had, he brought a couple of, um, oh, you, you were there. He brought a couple of barrel strength, or cash strength is what they're, they're called in, in, in Scotland. Right. These cash, cash they were 112, 115, but we were drinking them directly against 114, 116, 118 bourbons. And the number one thing that really kind of goes between them is scotch is always airier. It's lighter. Yes, always. It doesn't have the density that a bourbon does, right? And I think that straight comes down to the grain you're using. You know, I mean, it's just, just the way it works. Um, but that, that's where that originally came okay. from, the whole the, the drop of water. And that's and why I was asking, because yeah. I'm not, I only like low-proof bourbon. I, I, I'm weird that way. No, you I don't. Guess. Because you're enjoying the well, shit out I'm of I'm drinking <laughs> high proof, but when I'm going to sit and just drink, I like that 80 to 90 proof. There's a lot less burn. It's a lot, not as much heat. That's why I'm a big Scotch guy. But I would I would invite you because, you know, we've had this conversation before. We all, well, the three of us actually have, like, in depth, sitting around drinking all night. And it's very interesting the way that bourbon has changed over the past, you know, give it 15 years, right? I think people found out that when you start taking, if you, so the, the number one I think that started it for us was Yellowstone. Okay. okay. I was never a Yellowstone drinker. We had it at Lit when they did their first original 93 proof barrel pick and we went out there and did the blind taste on it. And, you know, it's, it's you know, it's it's a bourbon. You can drink it. You don't feel any, oh shit, you don't feel anything, et cetera, down, right? I know, I'm but, sorry. But it was fun though. We, we 100% identify, identify blind the, immediately, right? Yeah. Immediately. But, now, when you're seeing these barrel picks on Yellowstone, I have not seen, since Lit did that 93 pick, I have not seen another 93 pick. I'm seeing everything at 102, 109, 111, 115, 121. When you when you get into certain things, I think the, the bottle and bond thing has always been this mystical fun, right? Like, and I, we haven't found very many, I think we found a bottle and bond we didn't like, with the exception of Evan Williams, the They're one time. a little different, but yeah. But... When you start, I want you, I'm, I'm going to, I'll get you a couple, I'll give you a couple of bottles of some of these like 111, 115 bourbons from, you know, fairly well known or not well known. Pour that when you're just sitting down and enjoy it. Because what I think you'll find out is there are exceptions to what I'm getting ready to say. Okay. But with a lot of these bourbons that come forward, for example, the bookers, are you finding any crazy heat in these bookers? Not, I mean, no, there's a little bit of heat right at the start, but it goes away pretty quickly and I'm getting a lot of sweetness. The density, yes. the, the overall flavor is consuming of it, right? Yes. That's, the, that's what I'm saying. Now, okay. I, would be, I would be curious if you diluted this down, not on your own, but if they just made this the same liquid, same age, year statement, etc., but did it at 93 proof. I would almost bet there'd be more of that char, that char, the burn, the heat. Really? I bet you would taste more of it that way. Huh. Because okay. what, what I think is when, when you dilute it down, you remove, like everything, most whiskeys now are non-chill filtered, so you leave, you leave the, the purites and the finites in them. But when they filter that stuff out, the longer it sits into the barrel, the more of the sugars it pulls from the wood, right? That's what kind of gives it the nuance of flavor and everything like that. When you strip that down young, right, it's just raw mash that's gone into a barrel, right? It's white dog that went into a barrel, right? right? So the sooner you pull it away and the lower proof you leave it, I think you're going to get more of that raw white dog that's left in it. 
You Fair know enough. I, mean? I follow I you. I follow I you. I don't know, but it's hard when it's in a glass, right? Because if you just took this, if you did, I don't know what the percentage is when you're cutting a barrel, but say it's 80-20, a whole barrel, 20% of it is met with, with clean water or limestone water to make it do what it's going to do. If you filled this glass up but 20% water in it, you, know, you, you had a bottle of limestone water from Kentucky, mm -hmm. swirled it up, poured it over into another glass, I think it would just taste watered down, right? Because it's such a small capacity. Right. Do it overall and then batch it, barrel it, seal it into the bottle and then retail it, I feel like you would taste it more there. My prime example of that is I will never forget that we did that Halloween podcast with the with the Squirt and German, and we brought dude. We had <laughs> hey no here's how, on that table I'm on, her. on that table <laughs> the cowboy alone probably had wow. three to four hundred dollars like between two bottles. I had a little book bottle on the table. He had gone to a Schnooks and bought a Maker's Mark 101 for twenty eight dollars. Wow! And we were talking shit the whole podcast. We got to that Maker's 101. And I acted as if we were somebody, and I was like, look, Maker's Mark, quit doing everything else you're doing and just sell your 101. Yeah, because I Maker's Mark that. I 101, that. Maker's Mark 101, that's a beautiful whiskey. Yeah. Flagship Maker's Mark, I'll vomit. It, it's just, it's <laughs> terrible. I just, Tell us it, how you really feel. I'll vomit, it's terrible. I, I, just, I just said that. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't do it, you know? So it's, now I've got to switch gears on you. High proof rye. I'm a, I'm a rye guy. So I'm all about I, and it. I, I'm all what, about it. what I've become lately is rye. I have st almost stopped drinking scotch, and I've went to rye. And I'm really the one that I've been drinking the most lately is Mythology. What? Where's that? It's a out of Colorado. It's a brand out of Colorado, and so what's it called? Mythology. Oh, I get it. <laughs> um, they're doing a whiskey rye blend and the first bottle I bought was like 85 proof and I was like man this is great I could drink this all day long you it was really good so out of some stupid reason I was at a local store and I found this bottle of Mythology, and the label looked the same but the colors were different so the name of this distillery is Mythology yes Oh shit! I'll, tr I'll, you'll find it. Trust me. Okay. I'm gonna yeah, get yeah, you a bottle sure. so you right. guys can figure okay. out what I'm right. talking about. So, and I'm looking at this, going, all right, the label's the same, but it's different colors. Dumbass me didn't actually look at it and read the label. It's like 110, but okay. it's still a whiskey rye blend. Okay. Get back to where I smoke primarily. Because you know, I don't want to be shameless. Crew? Yeah, I don't want to be. Plug them up, man. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm back down at Grand Crew, and I've got this bottle, and I break it out, and I take a drink. Oh, hey, like, dirty little secret about Tommy. He works for Grand Crew, so yeah, it's all good. No part time. Uh, no big deal. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Okay. All good. So, I work for Lisa Garland. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jimmy. How are you, man? Good to see you. Another guest. Is that who bought Soul House? Well, Mark said he's having an awesome time. So, I'm what's up, bro? And I'm drinking, and this hey, 110 proof is exponentially yeah, hotter. Good to see you. But yes. it was still phenomenal. Yeah. Basil's Dark Rye. Knob uh, Creek Rye. I have got 15. What Knob Creek does with their rye is fantastic. Fantastic. Hang on, give me a second here, guys. Hey, Jimmy, 
How are you? I am Mark. It's Hi, very Mark. nice to meet you. This is my partner, Steve Hodges. Yeah, nice to meet you. This is Tommy, Tommy. Klein. Hi, Tommy. Please pull your chair up to the table and join us, okay? Thank you, sir. Um, so, Knob Creek, what, what, what I've loved about Knob Creek is Knob Creek's great, great whiskey. I have no argument with Knob Creek at all. Um, rye, actually, the reason I actually got into rye was because, much like with the whole bourbon thing, was because of the cowboy, um, is... I tell this peerless story far too often, but it's why I'm going to do it. Um, it was his anniversary, probably three, four, was it four, four years ago, maybe. I don't know, three, four years ago. And I was on the way over to his house for their little party, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like I, I got, I got Jane on a bottle of wine, but I didn't bring shit. Like I didn't bring shit for Hodge. Like I got, I got, I got cigars and stuff. But like I get him some, so I ran in and Total Wine had a barrel pick on a three-year peerless rye, right? And they brought that. Oh yeah, baby. Oh, um, and uh, we help. sat down. No, you have no idea what that is. Yes, I do. Do you? That's <laughs> Irish, not Scottish. Right. Oh, I okay. drink that. Shut up. <laughs> well, well, I thought. You so know, since... we sat down. We sat down and cigar. Okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, <Mark. laughs> Sideways. Fuck you up your ass. <laughs> and I will pay 20 bucks. <laughs> Told you, it's about the Benjamins, 20 baby. bucks is 20 bucks. But, um, so I got him, I got him that bottle of that rye. And there you go. I brought it to him, and then I suddenly realized why that name, Peerless, was so much in my what? head. Is <laughs> the cowboy had told me over and over that he did not like Peerless. No. But then we drank that rye. So then from there, we went downstairs into the cowboy bar. And we had multiple different rides that night. Um, we brought up that was when the 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 old Fitz playoff stuff started happening, up. and uh, we jumped r right on. We jumped right into it. So, but am my, I a fucking amateur over my, here? Do you want me to answer that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Popeye, I do. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Popeye. Amateur. Because apparently Popeye was a Viking also. Can you tell these guys really like each other? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a fuck you hate relationship. <laughs> Just um, but no, dude, I'm a I'm a big rye guy. I, I very much I like. I think I found that I like higher rye. Um, because I don't mind the spice that's in rye. I think right. I think a lot of people confuse the spice in rye versus the again heat burn char. Uh, start here. Yeah. Heat burn char that comes from higher bourbon, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah, but yes. Um, the thing I was going to say is though. Um, is like I, I like rye I like malted I like weeded I like it all but I think there has to be a blend for me like I've had a lot of rye and some of them I, I, I just can't do I think there's that blend there's that right percentage of rye that's in that bottle that does it for me um, you have another Irish and I just want to say that I, I mean I'm just not a straight up rye whiskey kind of guy um it has to be a nice blend, um, and we've talked about that as well. Yeah, but I guess back to my original question is, because you just said you prefer the higher proof rye, and I what I found is I do also. But is it equate the same as bourbon though? Because you were with your thought of this, if it was at a lower proof, might have more of the char flavor in it. 
No, no, because I think that uh, the cowboy actually nailed this this taste note that we use. Oh, um, almost every podcast now. About a year ago, he had, he had found a bottle of Old Fitzgerald Twelve Year from ninth, the uh, a West Virginia Fair in nineteen what seventy six or something. So this bottle was in a clay decanter that was painted. Oh, right, wow. it was twelve years old in nineteen. Is it the seventies? Right, that bottle. Yeah, I think well, I think we figured out it was like thirty five years old. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was old. The bottle was old. And we, we poured it, we drank it, and he started saying it was dusty. Like, it was vintage. It was old. There was this feeling to it. When you have young or, young or low-proof rye, that is the dominant taste that I pull from it. When you got, like, a four-year-old 93-proof rye, like, I'm, I'm like, okay, it's it's dusty. There's something hanging around inside of it. it you know, it, it, it is what it is, but... You can say the same thing, like take it take it into cigars, right? So you're gonna have a full strength, full bodied cigar. Okay, that's gonna be your heavy proof, your 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 long age, your dark amber colors inside your whiskeys, right? Or you could have like this Connecticut here. It's gonna be your young, very mild bodied, not really any strength or cook to it, nothing going in in that matter, right? Or like you were saying with blends, then you're talking to something like Tatuai's Negotiate oh. Monopoly, right? True Connecticut River Valley wrapper, but it's got all the hair on the broadleaf in it, so it's kind of a mindfuck. When you smoke the cigar, it's silky, it's clean, it's fun, it tastes great. Or our hooligan, it's, it's silky, it's fun, it tastes great. Then you stand up and you go, oh shit, I'm smoking a cigar, <laughs> right? It's a strong cigar with a mild presence. And that's what I take back to when you're talking about the way bourbon has perfected that upper proof setting, that, you know, 107 to 128, you're finding more body, more taste, more availability to it, but at the same time, you're still drinking 125 proof bourbon, right? Right. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's still, it's still more consumption than as if you're if you drink six of those, the way you feel versus the way you feel if you drink six, 86 or 93 proof bourbons. Right. I also think that we also have to remind everybody that we're we're just not tasting this bourbon almost everything that we do is paired with a cigar so i definitely think that i mean for this aussie pick uh on the bookers it has already um lightened up a little bit um but this cigar too i mean almost everything that we talk about we're doing it with the flavors that are coming out of that cigar too just off the cap or whatever all that is happening in your mouth so i think all of it has to play into what we're tasting um, do you prefer the ones that the, the rise that have a finish like you know we tried the uh, this, i wanted to get that the, I, think at, I, I think i do um i think i enjoy it all um but there's and, and even with the way you drink this i mean a lot of a lot of guys i tend to chew mine I think that's a proper, but I try to, for, you know, I bring it in and I try to bring some air and I, I let it hit up against the top of my roof of my mouth and uh, you're bringing air in it and letting it settle on your tongue and whatever. Um, if we weren't doing a cigar, I think that would be a totally different taste profile than what we're doing with this, this cigar. And that's why I was saying earlier, out of doing this as long as we've been doing it, that's why I tend to get into the cigar another like two inches or whatever, inch and a half, two inches, 
and see what that cigar is really doing and then how it affects and let this open up a little bit what this drinking. has already changed yeah just in the short time that we've opened so it up. to to your point when you asked about rise being finished I, I wanted to add this in what i have found and probably just recently probably the past year with a lot of the ones i've tried i think the best whiskey to finish in something is rye because rye the depending on the percentage of rye in a bottle it adds such a unique you can get you can again you can get that like raw black pepper spice or you can get that gin floral spice or you can get that that soft uh <laughs> jono's always talks about that white pepper shit right that little citrus bang that you get um rye finished in a sherry or a rum or a port it is such a contrast that just meets so well in the middle, right? If you've had a sherry finished bourbon, yeah, I hate to tell you guys you've had a sherry finished bourbon, okay? Like, there's only change the proof a little bit, a little more time. If you're using uh, pack sherry or Pedro or, well, or you know, things you can do to alter it, but I think rye is the finish in the bourbon. Sure, and then or some in, of those guys... In, in, in barrels, sorry. Yeah. But then some of those guys, like, uh, you know, we talked about the, the um, Rieger, they they pour the sherry into the whiskey barrel because they found that there was a, a legal loophole that as long as, you know, to, to a certain percentage, they could pour wine into, into the bourbon and still call it bourbon under the legal designation. Well, and that's what's interesting, too, because you want to go back to scotch. So I, I want to say it was 84, the Pax, yeah, Pax Sherry is a type of wine that is made in France that Scotch whiskey was adding that to create the color. That was removed. You can no longer do that. That's outlawed in the, the production of Scottish whiskeys. You know what I mean? Yeah. So from there, that's when all the French oaking and all that stuff came in and you started moving that way, right? Using Pedro Jimenez barrels and things like that to create that. Um, and actually, I forgot But, how, but we, we, Basil Hayden does that, yes. right? We found that out. Like, you know, I, yes. I love, love that, the, the, the green label. Is that double rye, 10-year rye? Yes. Yeah, Basil Hayden. But then you find out that, how does it get that, that the, this is a five-year-old, six-year-old whiskey and it's darker than a 19 year old old Fitzgerald. How does it get that color? Oh, well, you know, we just kind of uh, <laughs> caramelized it. Well, and right, actually, you know? and actually if, oh, well. if, if anybody wants to try Pedro Jimenez no, sherry just there, by no, itself, no. I, I, I have it upstairs. <laughs> All right, so th this conversation has brought up three things into my head. First, you were mentioning the Fitzgerald, right? Was in a clay bottle? This one was, yeah. Right, this one specific was in a clay yeah, bottle. It was in it a decanter. Clay which decanter, is yeah. traditionally, tequila's in clay. I didn't even I didn't even know that anybody did a bourbon, a scotch, or whatever in a clay bottle other than... How long have you been drinking? Well, um, 15. <laughs> how, many, how many decanters are out there? Jim Bean, like, made decanters. Bro, there's like a, a halfway store right down the road. You go in there and grab a couple. Yeah, I know the owner. Yeah, okay. So, talk to him. Get a but couple. But again, I, tequila oh, is I traditional. This is a little neck of the woods there, too. Right. <laughs> exactly. For the last 30 years, this is where I live, so. So, so for for anybody who doesn't know, Jimmy here, lived he lived here for, for, for 15 years. All the all all the cool features of this house, other than the bare bones, he he made it. Yeah, Jimmy, oh, I want to so, know where the bodies are. 
<laughs> Jimmy, I've been a firefighter here. Those since are in the other yard. So. Oh. I thought we were going to go to the basement and find gold or something. No, okay. <laughs> I've been here since 95 as a firefighter, so I'm, I got you. So guys, I have a couple of questions for you. Love it. Wait, somebody get a mic close no, he's to him. Good. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. So, so maybe the listeners uh, will, will sympathize with me because I'm not a big whiskey person. I think that uh, it's a means to an end for the most part. It's uh, let's do a couple of shots because we want the end result. And it's not a lot of um, uh, pickiness, if you will, and not a lot of uh, ability to taste the difference between uh, the different types of bourbons there are or, or whiskeys. So my attending today is a part of educating me, which potentially could educate your listeners as well. So the question is, how many different types of bourbon are there? Most common, are there two, three, very common type, rye, wheat, uh, rice is for vodka, right? Not uh, really in- and Japanese whiskey. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so is there basically three different types of whiskey, rye whiskey? M- m- well, would it be safe to say that most of your, if you just round it all into whiskey, it's either corn, rye, or malt? I think, most, uh, or barley. I think most uh, bourbon start with, uh, right? e- yes. even though in, like in on your states, bottle and bonds, in the States, they start with about, their standard is 51% corn. So I think most bourbons start with about 50% corn. Their Corn is their base. And then they add from there, whether it's malted barley, whether it's um, wheat, whether it's rye, and then however it's finished, um, those are kind of your your parameters uh, for it, and then the the taste profiles just kind of go from there. So there's all kinds of different uh, bourbons and taste profiles, but I would say the base of it is is um, a good percentage of, of corn, corn to start your bourbon. So the question is, what crazy cowboy decided that they were going to take regular whiskey and pour it over charcoal to make? Jack Daniels style. Well, we actually know the whole history on Jack Daniels. That's a lot of fun, actually. But no, because um, that's how it happened, right? That's, that's yeah, the 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 charcoal filtering method. Was to, yeah, to soften the the uh, the impact of the taste. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The reason that barrels started being charred is once you char the inside of a barrel, it creates a little bit of a barrier from moisture escape, right? If you just take a fresh wood barrel that gets put together and you fill it full of water, in about 60 days, you will notice the outside of the barrel is starting to tan, it's getting moist. The water is escaping into the wood. So the idea for charring was that you created a, like I said, a barrier in the wood. It takes longer for the moisture to escape through burnt wood than it does active live or fresh cut wood. Now, from that point forward, over time, they started studying levels of char, right? You can achieve different tastes and portfolio levels based on, is there, there's five levels, four, four levels of char? I think five levels. I have no idea how many levels there is. I, I, I think I think it's up to four. Four. So, so there's on one, two, three, and four, and it's just the the same temperature is burned into the barrel, but it's the amount of time it's burned, right? And those different times that are burned into those barrels will 
honestly overall alter the amount of time the whiskey can stay in the barrel um, and the time or the taste the, the profile that you're going for now where that's kind of hypocritical is you look at things that um, you know when you look at bottle and bonds that have to sit in fresh oak barrels uh, they have to sit in a federally mandated warehouse for at least four years all that nonsense do you char those barrels yes I, don't, I mean, I, I, I was talking there and I actually ran out. I don't know if you char those. I thought they were all charred for the bourbon process. Well, no, because. Mm -hmm. And then, and well, you have people use fresh barrels and they they do right, just the white oak, white oak, white fresh, oak barrel. Yeah. Oh, and true. there's no char, there's no char level to some of them. You know, I actually, I actually don't know that. I don't yeah. know. Fair enough. So Sorry about that, Jimmy. I went on. I was going that's, strong, that's and right. then I <coughs> speed bump. That's, that's, that's pretty typical idea. of you, Vikings. Hey, suck so, my dick, bro. So, how about one of you guys with a phone <laughs> figure that out? Huh? So, here's <laughs> the next question, which I'm quite sure many of your listeners will ask or are wondering: the difference between whiskey and bourbon. Uh -huh. Is it really where it's made? Up it's until made. about four years ago, yes. <laughs> it just was. If it was Kentucky. It was considered a bourbon. If it was Tennessee, it was considered a whiskey. Yeah, so Kentucky held for the longest time, they held the legislation, legislative standard of Kentucky bourbon. Yes. Meaning that the whiskey and all the grain was used from the state. The barrels were aged in the state. The distillery was in the state. Every process happened inside the state. Since then, there are four states now that have had bourbon legislation laws that have been passed. Yes. You now have Missouri bourbon, you have Colorado bourbon, you have Virginia bourbon, and Texas bourbon. Right. Which nope. essentially just means everything is sourced from that state. Yes. So bourbon whiskey, once again, is the same, other than everything sourced There's from the same state. There's specific standard guidelines yeah. that you have to go through for it to be considered a bourbon. Right. And that's the mash bill, essentially. And correct. that is the standard was developed in right. Kentucky. And if you follow those standards and you do everything the same way Kentucky does here in Missouri, legislation has been passed that you can that can be a bourbon as well. So we have Missouri bourbon because we follow the same standards that have been accepted in Kentucky have been accepted here in Missouri. Okay, hey, has anybody come back to the uh, yeah as it's been coined the Aussie release yes. of twenty two hundred one? Have you found that it's opened up? Yes, that's yeah, what I was saying. So that's I'm, I'm referencing you. That's what I'm talking about. One of the about, questions yeah. I was going to ask when I said I had three things that came to mind. This is the beaten biscuits. Thank you. When I smell this, do you want to know what I smell? Yes, we do want to know. Cake batter. Well, it's beaten. that's beaten. Beat that's biscuits. my point because yeah. I, I couldn't remember that that was named. But this is what I was saying earlier that I find very fun. That I actually, you know, normally you've heard me say this a million times on podcasts. I hate when bottles that they'll hang that little dog tag or they'll put it on the side. They'll they'll give you the tasting notes. And I've told you this before. I've done this with people. I can they can read the bottle. You tell them like if if I had a bottle right now and I said, hey, it says you're gonna taste cherries, vanilla, and a little bit of oak, and I pour it. Every single one of you would be like, oh, there's like some cherries, kind of like a vanilla candy. It's, you know, it's kind of okay. Yeah, it's cool, right? Then I go inside and I pour the same bottle on glass. You don't know what it is. Every single one of your tastes will be different. Sure. Right? But what's unique about it is that Booker's puts an idea on the bottle. Okay. Right? They name it something because overall when they were tasting it and bottled it, 
there was this idea, right? And there's always a story behind it. With the exception of, I think, three bottles of everything Booker's has done, well, three and then forgetting the anniversaries, right? Because 30th, 50th, 25th, like, right. don't worry about those. But with all of them, Blue Knight's Batch, Kitchen Table, and Shiny Barrel, I think are the only three that the name didn't really give any insight to the I bottle. think there's probably more than that than um, we think. But in saying that, um, out of the three years that we've been consistently drinking the four batches they put out a year, there are some that I, I don't give a shit what the label is on it. You know it. When you opened a Backyard Barbecue yeah. and you opened that lid, Pedious damn you got that ever smoke okay. right off the bat. I got you. Of barbecue, country ham. But you smelled like but, a smoky ham in but for that the, bourbon. But for that flavor profile, I don't think that they're they've just decided we're going to find bourbon that reminds us of ham. No, it, those, it's it's the way it came out. Yeah, they yeah. they 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 pulled it from the barrel and they said, "Well, fuck it, that's what it, that's what it makes me think of." So they bottle it like that. And 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 to, actually, to your point earlier, I like that the the story part of the, the the American releases because they they explain their inspiration you get that little card that's packed with the with the bottle I don't know how, I don't I mean maybe some people don't read them but but actually it was kind of exciting not not for for flavor notes but but just to, but just to know what they had in mind when they when they released it so the great thing about that is um Bookers in these stories, for example, I'll take another one that I always remember is Shiny Barrel. Shiny Barrel um, came about. They were like, okay, this next release. They 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 look throughout the Rick House, and the tasters are going around every day and tasting and seeing how the barrels are doing. All of a sudden, they find this one because normally these guys have a nice size belly. <laughs> so they notice this one that's been rubbed by the belly, and it's so they end up shiny saying, barrel. "This is the shiny <laughs> barrel." We pick this, and they come up with this story of the tasters must really like that because they've gone back to that more than usual, and they're tasting that because they really find something special in that barrel, and they name it shiny barrel. That is how that story comes about. So you're exactly right. Not all of them are like ham or biscuits right. or something, but right. they find something in these barrels and then they come up with a story. Okay, okay. So I just got this breaking news thing on cigars that I want to talk about. I'm going to levy this up and then... Um, By the way, this is this cigar is really good. Cowboy, I want Love you it. to go first, Okay. And I'm gonna read out this headline, and I want you to tell me what you think about this, okay? Smoking in Nashville bars is now illegal. Hey guys, FFK here. Make sure to tune into every episode of Craft and Boodle, and don't forget that as listeners, you guys receive a 15% discount on the entire order when you shop at my store. Promo code CraftBoodle15. Once again, CraftBoodle15. Make sure you follow me at Instagram at FFK underscore stands so you can receive that discount. And once again, thanks for listening. Well, first of all, who's smoking in Nashville bars? Well, dude, when, you, when, I, you, when I you're on... I never knew it was allowed to smoke in Nashville bars anywhere. 
We gotta do Nashville again. Dude, when you're, what is, is that Hollywood? What, what is that boulevard? The main main main, main street, main street, main street whatever. Right. Where you're only smoking. Bro, you can smoke. You can smoke in Pinkies. You well, can smoke in Alan Jackson's. I'm not talking. No, no, no. Take cigar bars away. With the bars, Jason yeah. Aldean, they have a whole smoking patio outside slash inside. Oh, right. so they're saying even it's outdoors. Kid Rock's no, bar, you can't, you can Kid Rock's that. bar, Alan Kid Jackson, Pinkies, uh, um, uh, Dirk's Bentley's Whiskey Row. You right. can smoke in there because the whole thing is garage doors. So it got voted down. Sorry, I don't. It just popped in now. Um, they removed the exception of patrons to be 21 years or older to be able to smoke. Now it's been set in place. The ordinance, ex this is where it's okay for cigar smokers. The ordinance includes an exemption for cigar bars, cigar retail stores, hookah bars, and <laughs> this is what gets me, vapor bars. That's a thing. Where the hell? I've I have never, never been to one of those. Normally they're like next to a Payless or a Walmart. Are <laughs> the vapor, <laughs> the vapor bars yeah. just anywhere? But like here's the car. funniest part about that. If an establishment is caught allowing smoking, guess what their fine is? A hundred bucks. A dollar. I bet it's fifteen hundred dollars. Thousand. You guys split it. Fifty dollar fine. <laughs> so, or I'm so gonna hang on. Change. Before before we get into conversation, my argument is: if I own that bar, smoke it the fuck up. Right. Go nuts. Can't, it's fifty bucks. <laughs> so let me say, amongst five very handsome gentlemen at a table, can wow. we? Openly, You're the stunner at the can, end, bro. What are you talking we, about? This guy admit, said you was an old man. I don't you, tell can you Can we what. openly admit that the Were you best looking place, to the left or the right? best place to go fishing at any Nashville bar is in the smoking area? So we're married. I don't uh, really. Well, know. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, perhaps in another so, hour so, we so reclaim so, that conversation. So, so are married and we admit that fishing in the smoking section is one of the best things at the right. Nashville bar. Right. Well, you know, I, I have. Uh, anyways, I'll move on past that. <laughs> So we should take the eggs down. Sorry. We should bring the eggs down. Yes. Let's hand them that shit. Can, can I jump in here since that's part of my territory? Yes. Tennessee is. I did not know that. Of course. Thank you for the enlightenment. Uh, just now, it, like it popped just. But now. Yeah. with all that said, is it going to have an adverse effect? Yeah, it will. It's going to be minor. But from a cigar standpoint. What I have noticed, a lot of places, and I cover 10 states, which is a large area, cigar, you can have a bar right here in St. Louis that you can smoke cigarettes at and not cigars or pipes. Right. Well, that's that, that's that, that's that uh, ignorance of what is what, right? right. So I shared this story, uh, it's just been two, three years now, that I went on my first cruise. I never, I'd never been on a cruise, right? And um, I... I'm sitting in there, and I'm sitting at a at, in the casino, right? And I had been up on the smoking deck, you know, which still makes me laugh to this day. The smoking deck on this boat's on the 17th floor, next to the kiddie pool. Okay, so you're sitting there just fucking smoking it up, and it's funny. I'm telling this story again. We're smoking an Aussie release from Booker's, and I ran into this group of 16 people that have been on cruises for 45 days. They plan their cruises where one cruise docked, they got off and went to the next cruise. Wow. It was like four four groups of friends that were doing this whole thing, right? And we just, I got called a pirate, I was the pirate, and we were hanging out and smoking and drinking and having a great old time, and 
they were like, hey, let's go down to the casino tonight. And I was like, yeah, I didn't even know there's a fucking casino on the boat. Let's go to the casino. I'm down. We go down there. Now, I want you to imagine a bar that's got about 16 seats. I'm like dead in front of the bar. <laughs> and to the sides of me are eight Aussies and eight Aussies. Their wives are behind them, etc. whatever. They're all, there's a plume of cigarettes just fucking kicking. I pull out a Lancero. I was actually smoking a Luciano Traveler, one of the original Travelers. Yes. I cut it. I asked for an ashtray. The guy goes, who are you smoking? I went like this. He goes, oh, okay. Gives me a little cigarette ashtray. I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, and I'm smoking it. I get about, I don't know, 20 minutes on that cigar. He goes, oh, he goes, sir, cigars can't be smoked down here. And I went, excuse me. And I set the cigar down. I went like this. You see my smoke? He goes, well, sir, we can smell it. I'm like, your nose ain't that good, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, uh, I'm going to have to shower when I get back to my room and smell like cigarettes, dude. Like, are you kidding me? He goes, you can't smoke it. So the only time I've ever done this in my life, and I will miss right now, I pulled my cutter out, I cut that cigar in half, I put the top half in my pocket, and I smoked the bottom half. I said it was a Virginia Slim. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here you but, go. But that, that's what I'm talking about, like that kind of ignorance, right? Like, What about us in St. Charles last week? Wait, what well, happened? we got to smoke. We no, we're, we're smoking at the corner bar over in uh, St. Charles, and it's a, you're allowed to smoke in there. Right. Cigarettes or whatever. The cook comes out. Me and him are smoking at the bar. He comes through. He goes, those stink like shit. <laughs> what? <laughs> what was I doing? That? You walked right in front of me, and he goes, that's what, that smells like shit. Oh, uh, I was probably watching Keno. And I said yeah, to the, the I said, and, and he laughed, and I said to the bartender, I go, he's a cook? He goes, yes. I go, does he smoke cigarettes? He goes, yes. I'm like, that's hilarious. He also thinks roses smell like shit. That's my problem. Yeah. So here saying? you go. But they do, you know? Yeah. M my last wife and I are, are sitting <laughs> down. So can, can I please say this? Is yes. That a book? So is the that last a, time like Tommy was on the book? podcast, we had a great time with Big Sky Cigars. We kind of went through all of Tommy's portfolio. We were over at Wendy's, and uh, he's telling us how you know he can't hang out afterwards because he's got to go over his anniversary, and we're doing this and that. I get a text at nine thirty the next morning from Bourbon Cowboy. He goes. Uh, uh, Tommy told me that he uh, he uh, he couldn't make it last night because he got divorced. <laughs> and the first question was, <laughs> Cowboy asked me, he's like, do you think it was our podcast? And I was like, well, if it was our podcast, we made it. We've ruined a marriage. <laughs> we've we made it, baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll tell you what, we are there. <laughs> Let me double back, please. So I'm living in Tower Grove East. I've got a three-floor walk-up, beautiful house, and there's a wine bar in the Botanical District. I'm not going to name names, Sasha's. Uh, <laughs> and it's beautiful summer evening. We're sitting outside on the patio. The guy walks up. We order a couple glasses of wine, and I said, Chief, can I smoke a cigar? He goes, sure. Let me get you an ashtray. Off he goes. Brings back an ashtray. I cut my cigar. I light it. And I'm sitting there, and the wife and I at the time were sitting there, and we're talking. And there's six or eight people around us smoking cigarettes. And this very nice-looking, well-dressed man walks up to the table, and he says, Sir, you can't smoke cigars here. What? Well, yeah, uh, you're smoking a cigar, and we don't allow cigar smoke here. 
And as I started to say something, this like 90-year-old woman who's sitting at the table next to me by herself smoking a cigarette gets up. Why the fuck can't he smoke a cigar? There's eight of us out here smoking cigarettes. I didn't even know he was smoking a cigar till you said something. And my wife puts her hand on my arm because I'm getting ready to get up and have an argument with the guy. She's like, sit there. Somebody else is handling your problem for you. Right. And this old woman proceeded to tear this guy a new ass for 15 minutes. Puts her cigarette out and lights another one. And she's steady blowing smoke in the guy's face. And so it's okay that I do that. But this man who's just sitting there politely with his lady can't have a cigar. Are you just that stupid? And I'm sitting there going, wow, this woman is just railing. Beautiful. I'm loving it. Beautiful. And finally, the guy turns back to me and says, well, sir, I need to ask you to put your cigar out. And this woman, again, just explodes on the guy. Another 15-minute diatribe. So now I'm about halfway through my cigar, and I still haven't addressed the guy. So finally, he looks at the old lady and he says, ma'am, this really doesn't concern you because you're smoking cigarettes, not cigars. God damn it, we're all just smoking, trying to enjoy some wine. Leave us alone. And the guy looks at me again. He says, sir, I need to ask you to put your cigar out. And I said, well, chief, here's how this is going to play out. I'm about to tell you no. <laughs> it sounds like a Clint Eastwood movie. Doesn't and it? then I'm going to ask you to go call the police because a whole lot of city cops are my friends. And by the time they get here, I will have paid my check and probably been home and showered before they get here because they're not going to come here in a hurry for this. They've got serious shit to deal with. And the old lady goes, young man, do you have a cigar? I want a cigar now. So I opened up my box and handed this 90-year-old. She looked like she was 90. Hell, I don't know how old she was. Handed her a cigar. She cut that fucker and lit it up right there in front of the guy. And the guy just kind of rolled his eyes and goes, so this is how it's going to be? And the old lady said, can you bring me another glass of wine, young man? I'm thirsty. And that's where it got ended. This guy literally walked away from this old lady who was just browbeating him. And all I had just, I had like a 30 second conversation in a half an hour. This old woman, I wish I could find her today because I would give her a box of cigars just to enjoy. And it goes back to your point of the ignorance of not understanding. Because if you're allowing cigars, or excuse me, cigarettes, Cigars and pipes aren't going to offend anybody. Well, so uh, imagine this situation that kind of flipped the script and cigars are the primary smoking choice of the nation, right? <clears throat> and you look at a cigarette smoker on their lunch break or they're on their, their dinner break or they're finishing a meal, they just, they just had a cocktail, they want to have a cigarette, and you tell them no. Oh. Right? right? Go ahead. If someone... <clears throat> goes on a smoke break and they smoke cigarettes when they come back in the area they stink like smoke right yes sir can you say the same about someone who smokes a cigar no like i would i would welcome i would welcome now we are we are all fortunate enough um you three fucks are single 
Uh, yeah, we, but we, we go home Was that to, jealousy? We go, <laughs> no, not, not at all. The real question is, do you have... Come on, Papa. Do you have candles in your house that are labeled tobacco, whiskey, or cigar. This, mother, like, this is the funniest thing. Okay, hang on, hang on. This is the funniest thing in the world. Because so, in my place. So our, our, our. Right? <laughs> the ladies love it. Our office, okay, so. My lady, she told me, she was like, so I've got my office, like two of us can smoke in there. I've got, I've got the, the filters and the smoke eaters and all that. And uh, she's like, well, what we do is we gotta get you candles. I'm like, all right, dude, I'm a candle guy. I love candles. All the candles she bought me are tobacco and cedar. Tobacco and roses, tobacco and lentils, tobacco and hibiscus. And they smell amazing. And I went, let me get this shit straight. Hang on. So I can't smoke on my couch, but all the candles in the house are labeled tobacco. (laughs) Well, yeah, but they don't smell like the cigars. I went, hang on. (laughs) Work this out for me. I need to know where we're at. Let's take this a step further. How about the squash soap? The men's soap that's being advertised, right? It yeah. smell, smells like oak, it smells like pine, it Redwood, smells like tobacco. Bourbon soap. So, yes. we, so we're with, allowed to bathe in bourbon smoke. Right. Soap. <laughs> right. And the ladies want to snuggle next to right. us. But right. we can't smoke. I put my so I don't do any weird shit to my beard, right? I use a balm on it every day. That's it. Not one of these hippies that uses soaps and all that crazy shit. I put a balm on it. All of my mom, because tobacco, no, because tobacco has, you know the history on tobacco, right? We're not going to get into that. It's a very regenerative, regenerative resource. It's very good it's for health and medicine. Yeah. Oh, you got the best looking beer right. at the table. Yeah, the best looking beer. Wait, wait. Second best looking beer in the cigar, you got the best looking beer. We'll, we'll argue that, motherfucker. <laughs> he can go get it. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, God. Uh, hashtag, by the way, Crab Trail will be La Cultura uh, in March, so we'll see you there. No big deal. Wait, uh, <laughs> when? So I can be there? Yeah, we'll work it out. Don't worry about it. But uh, <laughs> no, so. My, all of my, so actually, I've actually resorted all of my uh, beard bombs to Bill Seaving that owns bootleggers. He does, he actually whips his own stuff up, right. does vitamin E base, and, and does all of this stuff. Everything I buy from him is tobacco and vitamin E. So I put it in, and well, he's like, God, it just smells so good. Now, I mean, all of a I come out, like when I smoke, obviously, she comes right. in and she goes, uh, it smells like tobacco. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so what? Hey, Bill, put, we're we're acknowledging your shop in Washington. My cigar will be okay. Like I, I don't understand here. You know what I mean? It, it, it's wild. It's just this uh, part of the reason is you know I always draw this back to you guys. Everyone here remembers smoking sections and non-smoking sections sure. in restaurants, right? Sure. It was never the patrons in the non-smoking side that complained about the smoke. What it was, was the individuals that wanted to sit in the smoking section, because the smoking section was always by the bar, right? Right. And you yes. have people, like I, I would feel, I imagine all of us are, we sit at the bar. I know we do, I know we do. I'm sure you guys like to sit at the bar, okay? Sure. If, you walked, if you walked into a restaurant or a, a bar format that served food, had a smoking, non-smoking section, you knew the smoking section was at the bar. Why? Because this is the most genius or normal idea if people are smoking normally it takes them more time to smoke you're going to spend more money you're going to spend more time in a chair right 
Why do lounges exist? Because you sit in a chair, you smoke, you stay a while, you buy more, you right? Know, people did not complain sitting in the non-smoking section. The people that complained were the families with whatever individual or the group of friends or, or whoever it was that wanted to sit by the bar, but were like, oh, we don't smoke. It smells like smoke up here. Well, why are you sitting in the smoking section, right? Don't do not do that. You had an option at one point in time right. to enjoy your night in whatever format that you wanted. Because you chose to sit in a format that you didn't like, skip that, we'll save that for later. Because you sit in a format you here. did not like, <laughs> you complained about the situation you put yourself Let's get in. get some punk going. You know? I understand absolutely what you're saying, but here's the other side of this I've been smoking now I don't know how long but for a good long time I cannot remember except one experience where I've ever had anybody complain about my cigar smoking um, so let's say 15 years I've had one lady that complained it was at a winery and I was very um, very nice to the lady but I overall in my smoking experience most women not men most women come up to me and they say, I love the smell of your cigar. Exactly. I get that all of the time. So 99% the, of the time. I mean, we're only talking a minute percentage of my smoking career that I've had ever anybody mention it. Most of the time, I've got women that said, God, you know, I love the smell of that cigar. Well, so let me ask you this question. And I know we've done this before, but Jimmy, this will be fun for you as well. Okay. So. And Tommy, I'm sure you're directly included. Oh, I don't have a nickname for you yet. Uh oh. I'll get it. Give me a second. I'll work it out. I'll work it out. This is Tommy Two Clean Klein, the Bourbon Cowboy, the Viking. I, I don't Russian, like okay? my nickname so, for the record. You don't get to pick your nickname, dude. Yes, I do. I've been called Bo my entire fucking life. Where does Bo come from? So my grandfather, you were military. You don't get to pick your call sign. I understand that, but as a kid, my grandfather called me Bodie. And as I got older, he shortened to Bo. And those that are what I call my inner circle know me as Bo. Every guy in the South is called Bo. Oh, so, oh, you hear that? The inner circle. Have an idea. Because I actually believe that at least... Three of the five people, because I'm one of us, fit within that circle that I'm I, calling you Bo. Well, I don't care if you do or not. Dude, Tommy, too clean, too clean, oh, clean, hey, bro. Popeye, just for life. <laughs> Popeye, dude. Hold well, on, he was a sailor, so are Vikings. Hold on, we're okay. going down. We're going down a, a path here. Right, I so want to keep going down. Can okay. I can I regress way back to my last point that I was going to bring up from what he was saying earlier? If you can find it, I I haven't. <laughs> oh God, right. <laughs> We were discussing rise. Because that was... Right, like, but I never got to bring the last point up. Because if any of you fuckers can find what I want, dude, I will pay whatever. What do you want? There was a bottle of rye. The name of the brand was Powwow. And it was finished in Jim Botanicals. Ergo, you were talking about finishes. Yeah. It was the best rye I have ever had in my life. Because you got that... I love Jim gin finish on a rye and i have not been able to find a bottle of powwow rye in seven years i don't even think it's made anymore so oh, it is i don't think so the botanical rye no powwow botanical powwow botanical rye yeah 
this bottle? Uh, it's not there. Yeah, I'm fucking 21. <laughs> that looks correct. Yeah, that looks correct, dude. Sword you want it? Yes. It's great. <laughs> hey, take the Japanese shit. <laughs> you want it? Yes. Dude, I can't. So, the Majestic, Kansas City. When you go we to. Ate there. Is that where we ate? Jazz bar downstairs, cigar bar upstairs? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You can't smoke upstairs on Sundays, by the way. Yes, you, you can. Bullshit. Dude, I had everybody with me. Just for the record, you can, because when I went up there on a Sunday with Ben. Hey, fuck that. Let's do that. Well, if we can't keep talking about rye and not drink rye, right? When, Jen, when Ben and I went upstairs, it was a Sunday. We ate steak, we drank, and we smoked. Did we not try to go upstairs? Listen, it's all it's all the day, it's all the atmosphere, it's Here's all that, the friends. Wise Owl with his stoic it's song. just the Pendergrass Club. Let's be clear. Listen, it's just hey, I'm in places where shit's not allowed. <laughs> just because you like that, good. I don't need you. I got <laughs> mechanical with devices. A beautiful woman, things are allowed. Other days, people, you know, the <laughs> wrong shampoo. Day's not good. No allowed. It just depends on the day. Because it's only worth 20 bucks. It's about 20 in an bro. <laughs> so. I am so getting fucked. Too. Jimmy, go ahead. <laughs> Let's go back to smoking. Yes, sir. Before you do that, what are we opening next? This or this? That's that's, that's an important question. So I, 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 I. Because I'm ready so for I, another I, I, I bought this for, I bought this for the podcast, which is. This is this is a bourbon that this is the first one that was produced by Jackie's Icon after she left Old Forester. But since you guys kept talking about rye, I thought like this is you can't beat this. Oh my god! Can I steal this? Listen, <laughs> actually, you Wait. can take it to go. I'll leave you that. <laughs> you I'll leave you that box. This go. goes with yeah. me. There's there's no fucking Saran wrapping a, a, a Glen Karen. That's okay. No, no, we'll just uh, we'll put a rubber band on the top. Take it to go. I don't even need the rubber. Oh wait, that's you. Uh, gentlemen, quick question. Yes, sir. Do bourbon connoisseurs frown on regular run-of-the-mill Jack Daniels, Crown Royal, Jim Beam? Oh, I don't think so. Sort yes. of things. Some, yes. some yes. Some are still. Actually, you talk. You, you know, talk to some people that. They're completely. I feel. I feel like when I talk, and they're completely full of shit, right? They're. They're all about finding the rare and exclusive, and they want to have that. Cowboy. But they'll always say that they will. I'll always resort back to a Jack or a Maker's like or an Elijah Craig. But, or I like a little. You know, small but you have to understand too. When we say Jack Daniels, or we say Woodford Reserve, these are in our line of work these are beginners this is where you start but but you woodford has its upper jack has its upper they all have um that line of skews that gets you to where you want we only look at like do we frown on jack daniels like I, i'm not gonna pour jack daniels yeah, but, and but, sip jack daniels but but i i liked what what you know for for the for a year on 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 podcast and just hanging out we we kind of followed on to, on on this sort of something that you started, which was 
the the, the challenge was to, was to find something in in, in in at the lower range, in the you know twenty to thirty bucks, and find a great bourbon in that price point. And, and 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 that was actually kind of exciting to me because 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 yeah, I, I learned I learned a lot from that. Actually, really? that was that actually meant a lot to me personally because 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 then the you know I'd go out to, to places That's and I and I I, I started looking at the at the at the at the, yeah. at the bottom shelf You're still a dick. because there were people that 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 you know because you could of course you can look at that stuff you can find something in a in a in a stupid plastic bottle which which is designed for the. That's that's a different thing, but 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 I learned from you that I was overlooking the it's the, old, baby. The, 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 yes. the, the the fact that you can find really good things to drink at a really low price point. This is not one of those, of course. No, but but that's what I'm talking about. Like this this you can't if even if you're willing to spend three hundred dollars, you're not going to. The, you Yellow can't find it. Oh, those are four hundred dollars. It has age. Right. So, so at four hundred dollars a bottle, yeah, okay. Like when I when I poured when I poured something like this for my dad, who doesn't know anything about bourbon, he's like, oh yeah, it 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 tastes expensive. Why do you think that is? Now, let, let me. I ask you the question, but I like to answer it, and I think this is the reason why, is because there are specific. Um, whiskeys um that i feel like and bourbon that um they've gone the extra mile and when you taste specific like that specific one there's so many layers to that pour um that are amazing it's like old fitzgerald you know when you're into something and i the best word i can describe it is it's rich um <laughs> Right? I mean, when you spend a little time on a pour like that, you can taste the layers of flavor in there that are amazing. And that's why that bottle is so sought after, is because the flavor profile and the layers and the richness in that bottle are special. And that's why you're paying that money for that. Now, what we've done on our show for for however many years we've been doing this now, is that we're, we're trying to, obviously we've got listeners who listen, can't spend two or 300 on a bottle. They're, they're about $25, $30 on a bottle and it'll last them a week, hopefully, and a couple cigars. And we talk about the value to something that, for example, the bibs are a great way to start because they're four years. Um, and we all know the bib rules for the most part. I don't know if you know them, but, um, and there's great value in those bottles. And it's just a matter of spending time with them to understand that you don't have to spend a lot of money. But when you do, it's it's kind of like when you, you're young, and that's what I talk about, whether it's Jack Daniels, Woodford Reserve, you're building your palate as you move up with your money. Maybe you've got a little extra income and you can afford something and you step your way up that ladder and you can definitely understand the value just like cigars um and i think that's what everybody needs to understand is there's value in all of it and and then your own taste profile of, of where you're at with 
your progression and, and what you're drinking. I think. Yeah, but, but Cowboy, Mark, before you jump in, Cowboy, I agree completely with where you went, but you need to let everybody know what you just poured because, you know, that okay. is... This okay, so, so, so this, 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 this particular I bottle... This so, glass, so I, keep, I don't see what you're and I'll come around and I'll be like, I mean this to me is one of those bottles that if you can get it buy it that is still one of my unicorns I have so drank this, every this single is, release this, 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 this right. is uh, this is this is midwinter night's dram from 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 high west distillery in Utah and this is their top of the line expression. That's the pin. This 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 is this is the best that 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 they produce, and it's incredibly hard to find. And and people regularly spend stupid amounts of money two on. To, I mean, that, anywhere from that 250 year, to 400. For that, that is that Act 16.5? Yes. That bottle is probably 12, 1400 dollars right now. No. That's 18. That's right. 18. That bottle. Yeah. So. But 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 that doesn't that that doesn't prevent whether whether you, stop whether you understand whether whether you've 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 ramped up to that or not I don't think it really prevents you from 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 appreciating it and and that's you know like what this is this this is this is like kind of the high point of of, of, of life for me this when I when I when I buy these sorts of things and I didn't spend eighteen hundred dollars it wasn't cheap but it wasn't that much but. But it's this. This is an investment in in you know a, a future experience. This is what this is. Yeah. This is what I live for. So let's let's toast this, and I want to make that our next point. I kind of want to pass that around, Jimmy. I kind of want to get your pool on this too, because you're, if I'm not wrong, you are not the biggest cigar smoker. You're not the, based on your shot to drink reference, you are not the largest whiskey drinker. Correct. Correct. Okay. I, I'll share with you uh, um, my naivety. Is okay. that even the right word? So, naivety. Yes. Sir. So I have <clears throat> naivety. Yeah, naive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I uh, I made a, a a mistake. So a friend of mine gave me a bottle of whiskey, and it uh, it sat for about three years, and I didn't really understand the complexity of this particular whiskey. So I had a a, a Super Bowl party, and a couple guys were over at the house, and. And someone said, hey, you got any whiskey? And I said, yeah. So I go over and I open up a bottle of Crown Royal XR, not realizing that it was a pretty expensive bottle. Rather exclusive bottle of Crown, yeah. <laughs> I hadn't the slightest idea, right? To me, regular Crown Royal tastes the same as the XR. And then the guy tells me, that's an $850 bottle of Crown Royal. Gentlemen, I wanted to pour water back in the bottle of Crown Royal. <laughs> I like it, right? Because I, I don't know enough to actually have enjoyed it. On and, that and note, as we keep going, let's cheers this, yes. and then I want you to come nope, right back. Wrong one. That. Wrong one. That. Yeah. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers, John. Pros, salante, whatever you choose. Skull. And this is a rye, meaning 51% of this is rye whiskey. I finished. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, thought was, right. I thought I was sitting Love over it. there. I'm sorry. I will share uh, uh, another uh, point that your listeners uh, may enjoy or not. The group of men who enjoy cigars and enjoy real whiskey are a unique group of men. 
I would argue that statement just on what you said. And here's the reason why. Because he's a woman. When you can spend $400 on a bottle of whiskey and openly want to share that with your brothers at a table, that's the, that speaks volume. Well, I, I, I agree with that completely, but I also I want to argue your dollar amount, right? So what the Berman Cowboy was stating earlier about a lot that we do on the podcast, yes, the today is an exception. We are smoking relatively rare, fun, older cigars, some stuff that's not quite released everywhere yet. We are enjoying bottles that are, at the bare minimum, three years old. Um, but one thing that the Cowboy has done so well in our entire relationship together and the, entire, the entirety of Craft Imperial, the podcast, the whole nine, is he's made it a point where the way our podcast normally flows is, for the most part, generally, I'll grab cigars. And then he'll just, well, we, we don't plan anything, right? The only plan that we normally have is the day of, unless we're traveling, we're meeting somewhere, we're setting up, we're podcasting, we're going nuts, right? And for the most part, I would be comfortable saying that 70% of the podcasts we have, the average cost of a cigar and bottle on the table collectively is roughly $70, right? And he has made he's made a very genuine point multiple times discussing that that fact is that when you look at everyone, yes, the glamour, the glory is looking at the that old white man ideology of you're in a suit and tie and you're drinking out of an expensive dram and you're drinking some high value whiskey and you've got a thirty-five or hundred dollar cigar, right? That's the magazine bullshit. Okay. The rest of the average smoker you know, look, can can everyone sitting at this table afford a $400 bottle and a $100 cigar? Yes, you can. Yes, you could. But I will be the first one to tell you, for every $100 cigar you buy, I'll give you a $7 cigar that kicks that cigar's ass. Up and All day down. long. All day. Right? There are more people that do what we're doing right now. And this is something that's been so special about us and our friendship and what we do over the years that we do it. Anytime a bottle shows up or a box shows up or a humidor is on the table, that shit's free game because that's how that's how we like to play the game. That's how we right. roll. That's right. our vibe. That's what we do. And so I will argue that fact there. You know, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd invite you to be here more often. I'd, I'd change your damn mind on that in a heartbeat, man. I mean, it just it whiskey does not have to be the four hundred, five hundred, six hundred thousand dollar bottles. No, the point that I'm trying to make is that if a connoisseur spends good money on a bottle of whiskey or a box of cigars. They don't have a problem sharing. Them, no, right? but lose the word connoisseur. That's what I want you to get rid of because Go it could just be connoisseur. Connoisseur, yeah, it okay. could just be. You know what? We're we're hanging out and you're like, dude. You know what? I went and uh, hey, I bought this bottle. And I got the cigars. I'm not entirely sure what they are. The difference between a snob and an enthusiast is one simple thing. It's your attitude. Well, let me give you an example. <clears throat> If you've got a pack of cigarettes that you've paid seven or eight dollars for and someone wants to bum a cigarette, average cost is say 30 cents for that cigarette. You've got three left. You're kind of reluctant to want to give a cigarette away. If you've got three cigars, someone comes up and says, hey, you got a cigar? You're more inclined to give a cigar with no thought. And I think it's because you enjoy it and you know the person that you're giving it to is going to enjoy it. And that's the gesture. 
I like where he went. I agree. That's because a very I'm like good that too because analogy. Yeah, I, I think very, that I like we're all. That. I can't this. argue that's that awesome. at all. Yeah. We're all in this for the experience because I will tell you that I've got a large collection of cigars and bourbon now, and I've never. Um, and as long as I've been collecting, I've never sold anybody a bottle of my bourbon. It's generally there for because I love it. I love the stories behind it. Um, and it's uh, a fellowship that you get with some guys, especially ones that are interested and um, want to learn and or, or have already experienced some type of... Um, experience and we're bringing them in to the group and letting them experience the whole level of, of kind of what we're doing and uh, but I it's all about the fellowship and if you don't want to share what you have it's kind of missing the point right I mean it's all about a fellowship uh, kind of for me you know what I'm saying camaraderie cowboy can I it jump is. in a little yeah so one of the things that I have done over the course of the last 10 years is I educate and one of the thing one of the most basic questions I get asked is about cigar bands should should I take it off should I leave it on so Tommy in, the, in that same statement you're getting I want you to finish this too the one thing I want to share with everyone that follows around on this table is it doesn't matter your experience in the industry it doesn't matter how long you've been involved in the industry what I think speaks more for your intelligence or your gathered knowledge in the industry is your willingness to share what you know. Absolutely. Whether, whether or not it's you're a professional, you're a roller, a blender, a, a sponsored enthusiast, or you just want to be involved, I want that to be known. And please continue. Yeah, so, so I agree. So if you look at the history of cigars and you go way back to the middle 1800s, cigar bands came off of cigars when gentlemen were sitting around because cowboy might have a dollar cigar the viking might have a 50 cent cigar his cigar might cost a quarter mine might have been a nickel but cigars were social they weren't about prestige so you took the band off back then threw it away because nobody cared what cigar you were smoking you were having a social interaction. You were not a banker, a lawyer, a shopkeeper, and a farmer. You were just guys sitting around enjoying the social aspect of cigars. Then you fast forward to the 70s, early 80s boom, where cigar bands were beautiful. I mean, I look at the Garofalo band that Cowboys got, it's a very attractive band for a cigar versus, and I'm not knocking on Luciano, but that's a very basic band. It's black and white with the name Luciano. People left bands on cigars, not because it was now about the prestige of the cigar, but it was about the beauty of the band. Uh, um, think about like San Cristobal with some of their bands. Oh my God, they're gorgeous. It may not be a $100 cigar, but the band itself is gorgeous. You don't want to throw it away. Ergo, that whole concept went away of social, and it became, well, look, it's a pretty band. Now, fast forward to the current cigar boom that we are in, 
where you've got my age people, Cowboys age people. Oh, you Mark, you're a little younger. He's my age too. Mark, you're a little younger. <laughs> you know that. And Jimmy's not. I mean, I'm I'm between Mark and Jimmy. Right, but you guys are still younger than Cowboy and I. Yeah. Probably on, by at least. Labels, Jimmy, pop that label off. Okay, uh, smoke it up. Uh, no, you're this about is, ready this to is, pull. This you, is my Louis Vuitton label. But my dude, you need to pull the label off because <laughs> no, you're about sir. to smoke, start smoking Stop paper. <laughs> so you need off. to pull the label off. The point is... He, he was enthralled, I'm sorry. Pop right. that label off, dude. <laughs> the point of my conversation goes to the basis of cigars, bourbon, and that group of people that are involved in that is social. And as long as we don't forget that, we can all sit here and have a wonderful day. What happens is, and you know as well as I do, working in a cigar shop. Every day. There is a mindset going around today that, well, I'm smoking a Cohiba, you know, fuck, name your Cohiba. Sure. Or I'm smoking a Padron 1964. Oh, you've got a Garofalo? Huh. So on that point... That's the problem. On that point, I want to talk about how you guys feel about the current cigar situation. And I'm going to bring up a point I've been arguing for a few weeks now, and a few months now, probably a few months now, actually. Um, I want to share this with you guys, and I want you to tell me what you think. All right, so... Whatever happened to just smoking a cigar? The Craft and Puro Podcast. Download our brand new song, Island Time, and help us raise money for United Cerebral Palsy. 25% of our profits go to help families pay for desperately needed medical equipment and procedures. Connect with Stone Tribe at stonetribemusic.com for music and the latest. So my opinion, and I equate this to a lot of things, is generational. The very first hockey game I ever attended in my life, I went to with my grandfather in 1977. And I had to wear a suit to a hockey game. Sitting around in the old checker dome where everybody's smoking Pall Mall Red no filters. Because that's what they did, but they wore a suit. And in this day and age, people show up to our local cigar shops wearing shorts and flip-flops, and I'm not hating. Care. And <laughs> I wasn't directing that to the Viking. I'm just yeah, stating yeah, a comment. No, and no shoes nation, right? But they will buy a Padron <laughs> or a Macanudo or a Monte Cristo because it's a name. The namesake, yes. Right. Yeah. Rather than buying, pick your $10 cigar that's a phenomenal cigar. And sitting around the cigar shop, whether it's Lit, Grand Cru, The Hill, uh, Santino's, Triple Leaf, and just enjoying the cigar for the cigar purpose. And if you are at a place that you can enjoy a drink with your cigar, does it matter if you're drinking Booker's Australian or if you're drinking Jack Daniels? No. No, it doesn't matter at all. And and the reason I wanted to bring that question up, and I want to, I'm going to pass it to Jimmy next, and then I want the cowboy and the rush. I want you to finish finish this top before we move on. This is the the first podcast we've done in a while with a with a group of people, 
And with the exception of the start of that Garofalo, we have not gotten into the weird kind of tasting platform of everything. We're all just sitting here enjoying ourselves, right? smoking cigars. What happened to this moment, right? You know, I've said this over and over. You've heard me say it. The best thing that ever happened for the cigar industry was the internet. The worst fucking thing that ever happened for the cigar industry was the internet. And it's okay? the social because aspect. now people are, instead of just grabbing a cigar... Sometimes it's hard to trust your tobacconist. You know, certain stores have sales reps. Other stores have tobacconists, right? They actually enjoy the process of doing what they're doing. Right. right. Luckily in St. Louis, we are comfortable with that. Pretty much any shop you go into, somebody, if not multiple people, know what's going on in a humidor, right? We're lucky here. It doesn't happen everywhere, okay? Um, I witnessed that in Hot Springs this past weekend. Sure. Right? Um, but... Um, Everybody now, not everybody, but the, the, the majority of the consensus now is that when someone grabs a cigar, they, they instead of asking, like, I like this, I want to try this, I want to do this, they go, well, I heard that this tastes like this, does this, and does that. And it's like, well, if you lead with that mentality, I can't promise you that I'm going to give you the same cigar that you're talking about right now if you'll give me the time i can walk you into a scenario where you'll try some of this that may or may not kind of contrast or pair with what you were trying before you know um people are more open to trying new things but at the same time they're very stubborn on what they like absolutely so i'll throw that jimmy you you smoke cigars ever so often Correct? Correct. So you've been utterly nothing but amazing the whole podcast, and we'll tell you that. But you didn't ask a single question about the cigar given to you, and you're enjoying it. I am. Right? So from a novice, you ask earlier, uh, the question posed is, uh, you know, how are cigars seen today? Right? So for me, being a novice, Typically, you bring out a cigar because there's a reason to celebrate, right? You bring out a cigar because you want to enjoy some time with other people that share common interest, right? So, from my perspective, uh, cigars equal distinguished. For those that smoke cigars, typically, they're a distinguished individual. They are eccentric in their own right. And and typically, I would say that those that smoke cigars are uh, unique, meaning they don't go with the flow. They're not norm. They don't follow the herd, right? They're, they're typically okay standing on the outside while everyone else is on the inside because to me that's what being distinguished is about and so when we look at cigars we buy we buy them because we're celebrating a promotion or someone's getting married or it's 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 an event of some sort and furthermore when we talk about cigars at least for me it isn't about the taste of of the cigar because i'm not um established enough to really notice the difference uh for me it's about the camaraderie it's about the brotherhood that that goes with it and we can probably 
admit that this is a male dominant hobby. Not anymore. And therein lies the difference between what's now versus what was. Yes, sir. So I, I would, I would, I want to have this conversation with you real quick, and I want everybody to time in. I will agree with you the celebratory standards that you put in place, right? Um, what I won't agree with is male dominant because women do now. There are more women in the industry now than there have ever been. Uh, there are more women owners. Uh, we talked about this at Grand Crew last week. Um, there. The women women in the cigar industry have become such a beautiful thing because it is no longer that like you, you hear me say this term all the time that old white man standard right the the country club the, the private scenario the you know you have to be able to afford this to do this that's gone man that that's 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 older older than history right that shit's gone but when you use the term distinguished right I think that distinguished is distinguished in its own right but what I really like to use was was eccentric, right? Yes. So for example, without getting into detail, sitting at this table, I'm not positive what you do, but you have a contractor here, you have a tobacconist here, you have another contractor here, and you have a firefighter here, right? Salesman. Forget, forget, forget salesman, okay. We'll leave it in those terms. Does distinguished fall on those terms in their plain setting? Well, I think we need to take distinguished and not not uh, associate a financial okay, that, that, okay that was my question yeah okay because normally when 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 someone uses that word you know this gentleman is distinguished because nice of, cigar cowboy yeah right no. you know what i mean yeah so yeah. but in that in the, in that notion it's it's fun that that you Thanks, you use those those I'm descriptive I'm words in your statement it, it was it was really fun but you know, women are more prevalent in the industry now. They're some of the most beautiful part of the industry now. There's no argument in that from anyone at this table. And anyone that argues that in the industry, take them in the street and put them down. That's how I feel about that. But the one thing that you landed on so positively is exactly what we're doing right now, what we've tried to do with this podcast, and what we do anytime we're just out. It's not about what you're smoking. It's not about what you're drinking. It's not about who brought what to the table. If you set it down, if we're all hanging out and we're doing our thing, it's the camaraderie. It's the the brotherhood, the 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 grouping that you find because of the time you have to spend in the cigar, right? right. The one magical thing amongst a million about cigars is that this thing forces you to relax. It forces you to involve, right? I don't care what cigar you have. You can have a petite Corona. It's going to force you for 25 to 30 minutes to ease in. Cigars have become some of the best icebreakers in the world because of where you're sitting and where you're at. I don't care how a lounge is laid out, how distinguished a lounge is, what spacing they have, what they're doing. At certain times, chairs will run out. You yep. will end up sitting next to someone that you simply don't know. Conversation That's, will strike. Or you may walk in and the only available seat is somewhere. I have physically witnessed people sit in a group. They'll throw their, their, their AirPods in. They'll do their work. But when the work's done, they're bored of the laptop. You start seeing their eyes move. Then the AirPod comes out. <laughs> then the conversation yes. starts. And suddenly... Someone that knew no one is now in conversation with everyone. Yes. Actually, right? that that's that's exactly what I was going to say. That the 
My brother, I have to roll. I apologize. Hey, man, nice to meet you. It was very nice to meet you. I have other commitments. I apologize. I love you. Thank Gentlemen, you. Gentlemen, enjoy that box of cigars. Yes, I'm not taking it with me. It's yours. I yes, love sir. It. Thank you, brother. Of course. Gentlemen, I think it just comes back that, to, in a nutshell, what I said before. You know, at a very basic instinct of everybody, a long time ago, um, people in general, their theory was, we just need to survive. Now, in a changing atmosphere, everybody through, whether it's social networking, uh, social media, people want to belong. They want to have a sense, and the word I use is fellowship. So if you can spend time with a group of guys and find fellowship and smoke cigars regardless of of uh, what's happening within that group, I think that's the most important thing. People want to belong to a little group, they want to socialize, and they want to experience some sort of fellowship with people. Right, but but actually that's that's one of the things that I like the, the most about, about, about cigar lounges. You know, the, the people... You think about the, the the taboo topics of of, of conversation, the it's religion and politics, but I don't I don't I don't I don't really hold strong positions about about about, about everything. I mean, there are things that I just like I, I don't I, I, I don't accept a political label uh, because because I because because I don't I don't want to. I think that's great. I don't want to answer for, for 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 a party platform. I think because but, if but, you hold on, and I'm just I'm jumping on you because I just want to say this, because you don't affiliate with something, I think it makes you bigger. If you affiliate with, with something that you know and that is what it is, you become small. Yeah. I think if you allow yourself to be open. Um. Everything is greater within your midst, within you saying this is what it is. Because I think as much as we think we know, we know very little. So as long as you are open to everything that is happening within a group, within your life, within the world, you're a much greater person. And I I think that happens within smoking cigars and sitting down and sharing bourbon and conversations. Yeah, it does. And and so, like, when... If that I, makes any sense. Yes. Because I think it yeah, that's, well that's exactly Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. So, actually, th- th- this place that where, where we are right now, uh, this is a very unusual situation for me, and I've, 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 I've owned homes... In, in in Colorado, uh, I, I rented. I mean, I rented places in other parts of the world too. But 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 um, but when I when I bought the house, this house where where we're where we are now, Jimmy became my friend, and that had a lot to do with everything. It it, it was actually a really important part of my my. my actually, this, this is why he's here. Because 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 you guys are, are are you know this is this is I mean I brought him in as 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 the weirdo who who didn't know anybody. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm among close friends who 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 I hang out with all the time. Yeah, but Jimmy's part of the crew now, whether he wants it or not. So Woo-hoo! I so yeah, I I mean I, I I you know 
when it, 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 it was I can't give him Jimmy the Greek can't it, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't just it, was, it wasn't just a matter oh, of like Slim Jim this this Slim Jim this, 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 this wasn't just a matter of, of like like buy, buying or 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 just for a side note, we do not promote dogfighting here on Craft and Europe, but uh, Nika is killing Taffy right now. But so the problem okay. with the dogs, on a side note, is like we got Nika, and now we got the pup, and like the pup is like, "Hey, bro, I want to, I want to party a little with you." And Nico's like, "Listen, man, I'm a little more distinguished. I, I like to chill a little bit." And the pup's like, "No, bro, let's get our shit going on." And then Nico bite him on the neck. Yeah, he's, but, he's yeah. like, but, "I got no balls. We're the same." But, 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 but cigar lounges became the 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 one of Nico. one one of one of the last bastions of 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 of, of intellectual conversation. That's that's what I what, what I. We're used to this on crap. Nico, Nico, come here, If it's a lawnmower, of, a dump truck, of uh, of, of yeah, the thing is, like, like, like I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I don't. It's, there, there, are, there are a lot of issues that fall into a political realm that I don't actually have a strong position on because some of it just fucking doesn't matter to me. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm a single guy who lives alone. So, you know, when when somebody says. That they have a strong position on something. Sometimes, I just want to know, you know, why, you know, why it matters to them. I'm not saying that 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 I'm that, that I'm that I'm automatically going to agree, and 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 that's 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 where I'm going to be. But but the but the cigar lounge culture allows that. It means I sit down. And people exchange ideas. Maybe I don't. I don't. And actually, they're really not forced to. I've. I've. You know, that's 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 the that's the thing that I find most attractive about it. I agree. I agree. So I have a question. Amongst the group, is there any other social activity besides four that 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 one can compare? to sharing a cigar and sharing whiskey? Overall, I would say no. What about music? Uh, well, well, it, that was my second point. Um, well, the reason that I asked this question is because, well, it, look, we talk about sports, right? We talk about uh, uh, motorcycles, right? We talk about um, music. The thing about those hobbies are uh you're you're you know in the cigar whiskey world we're sharing right where you guys have openly given me uh product to try and and to to just share in generosity the things that we're mentioning about music and other things social things you're not really giving to the person you're not bonding with the person across the table by sharing a gesture and so when, when I look at cigars and I look at cigar bars, um, you know, I've gone to multiple cigar bars. Uh, um, I was a, a, a part of the Ritz Carlton cigar bar for a short time. Um, and I learned a lot. Uh, and I think it's because of the openness, the, the willingness to just 
welcome a stranger with open arms. And I just don't know that I find another uh, a hobby um, or interest that that is as open as as whiskey and cigars. So you you have you have families and brotherhood that develop through multiple things, right? So uh, the cowboy and myself were both athletes in, in different aspects. Him much further than me in my career. You have the military side that will create brotherhoods that'll last forever and things like that. But when you're talking open free market, right? You know, a lot of people will say bars, right? Yeah. But it, you go to a bar and meet anybody. Okay. Sometimes it turns out to a bad date. Sometimes it turns into a divorce or a lawsuit, or it turns into some guy you knew one time, then he comes ask for money later. Right. We've all been there, done that. It is what it is. But the one thing about specifically cigars, right? I find there are more mooches involved in the whiskey side. Uh, when a bottle opens, everyone suddenly wants to be a part of the bottle because they paid their 25 or $50, $100 to be there for it. But the cigar side, I think the time that is required to sit through a cigar opens you to the uh, vulnerable vulnerability, the, the reception to questions, the forcefulness into conversation. Um, not, not, you don't, and the, and the, the thing that makes cigar so special is you can dive into conversation for six, eight, ten hours, two hours with a cigar, and you never have to tell anyone who you are or what you're doing. You can just be involved inside a conversation. Obviously, relationships will grow from that, which which is true. But I mean, would you feel like different or? Or, you know, you've bounced around in a lot of, of, of locations and, and smoking locations that are private, semi-private. You've been in locations where you can smoke that no one really knew about until you tell them. And, you know, I mean, oh, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Ah, right on, man. Uh, you're going to fix power. That's what you do. Yeah, you're going to fix power. But you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, can you play into that at all? Well... Again, I mean, I I don't think there's a whole lot of discussion that needs to be done about it. I, I just really believe that the reason cigars are popular is because it gives you an opportunity in your life. All of us, you know, back in the day, it was like, what are you going to do today? Well, I'm going to clean the gutters, right? I clean those fucking gutters in an hour in the morning, and then I got 20 other tasks. I've got work, I've got this, I've got family. We've got all got all of these things we've got to get done. Um, I think this gives an opportunity to slow down and just enjoy some friendship and some fellowship. And I think that's yeah. why cigars are popular. I gotta take Yeah, I, I agree with that. And Jimmy, yeah. I wanna ask you, so you said you were a member at the Ritz Carlton here in St. Louis, I would think. Yes. Correct? Yes. Um, as a not, is it fair for me to say you are not? I think I said this earlier, and if I did, I apologize. You're not an often cigar smoker, right? You're a rare occasion Correct. or setting in place, right? Um, why were you a member at the Ritz? Like, what what drew you to be there in a private cigar lounge? Uh, I believe it's voted on invite only, right? At yep, a certain yep, time, right. yes. Yep. So, what what made you go there? Like, what was the? I guess my question is. 
if I would like to invite you out to Lit Cigar Lounge, that's that's my day job. That's why that's why I work. They're one of the sponsors on the podcast. I would love for you to come out, bring the Mad Russian with you, or just come by yourself. Let me walk you through a humidor. Let me treat you to a whistle. Let me pair something for you. Is, is that attractive to you? Is that something that you would want to do? Absolute. Or okay, so if if that's an absolute, what was the in, the enjoyment or the joining method that drew you to the Ritz Carlton? And I want to make this clear: this is not a, a, a any kind of rain dump or shit on the Ritz Carlton. But can you please explain why you were a member there, being that situation that it is, what it is, the club that it is? Why did that? Why are you no longer there and, and, and kind of drawing your your vices, etc. is why you're not there? Well, great question, right? So for me, it was about being around individuals that would welcome me. It was about opportunity and it was about networking. Now we're talking 20 years ago, right? Oh, wow. Okay. The, when the Ritz Carlton had their cigar bar, they still do. It's just not as cool as it used to be. Yeah, I will say so, that. That's so, not in a dig, those but days, it's just true. we didn't have podcasts. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have the things that we have now to gain knowledge or to learn. And so, by being a, a young man that I was, I wanted to learn. Uh, you know, it gets back to the point of being distinguished. You know, those that that entertain smoking cigars and spending the money on them and sharing uh, uh, that product and whiskey. Um, uh, You know, it was very much um, a man's game. It was very much an established environment. And 20 years ago in that context, I will 100% agree with you. Right. And so, yeah. And so, a part of my wanting to be—it's funny—I started smoking cigars 23 years ago. So. A, a part of that group was was to be exposed to something that I wouldn't otherwise be exposed to. Uh, you know, going to a bar to have drinks with you know a local person wasn't really furthering me. It wasn't giving right. me access to the water. The, the bar knowledge. client association can only go so far. Right? That's right. And so for me it was it was uh it was about trying to be around individuals that I could learn from. And here's the thing. Everyone at the place was open to welcoming me and sharing that knowledge with me. And so that really stuck with me. So I've always looked at cigars and whiskey as being uh, um, something that that could uh, further me, educate me, make me become broader than the narrow lifestyle that each of us lives, right? We live a, a bit with blinders on. We stay within the same path that we're on. But when I found myself going to the establishment, um, I was able to learn about all sorts of other things. Any, everything from accounting to what, uh, you know, uh, no one fought, no one argued. It was a respect amongst someone's opinion. You, you, you listened and, uh, and no one was very uh, boisterous about, about their opinion. They were just openly sharing it. And so for me, uh, being a part of the establishment was about uh, just educating myself and, and broadening my horizons. Now, it's different. Now it's, it's, um, and I guess it's because I've been around a little bit longer that, you know, your willingness and openness to just want to welcome me to your establishment and, and share with me education. 
I think is exactly what I'm talking about. Well, and, and, and I appreciate that and thank you. You know, I mean, it's it really comes down to, and there are still the ignorant individuals in this industry, in the bourbon industry, and in every, name the industry, right? There's always going to be the assholes. You're not going to get away from them. There's always the, you know, there's always the guy that thinks he has it figured out and he's the pinnacle of success in every industry, right? You can't argue that. But one thing that I have said as long as everyone has known me, and you'll know it right now, the moment when it comes to spirits and cigars, the moment you think you have it figured out, you have become the most ignorant man in the room. It's that simple. Because these industries are ever growing. And how do you continue that growth? How do you work that out? It's this. You just sit someone down, man. Like, hang out. Have fun. You don't... You don't, you know, if you work your way up to where your your preferred smoke is a hundred and fifty dollar cigar, well, good for you, man. That's your preferred smoke. I'm not mad at you. It might suck to me, but it might be glorious to you. Doesn't matter, right? There's a reason that nine, ten, eleven dollar cigars still exist. It's not because the market is outpriced itself. It's not because all tobacco costs enough that you have to retail a cigar at fifteen, sixteen, twenty dollars. No. Those cigars still produce that way because there's a want and a, I won't say need, right? Like I do use this a lot too when I talk is people are like, do you feel the need to have a cigar? I'm like, no, I'm not addicted to cigars. Like I can go weeks without a cigar. It doesn't, I don't want to, I enjoy them. I, I, I enjoy what it gives me personally. You know, when, 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 when I get home or I'm, I'm with the boys or we're around friends, like I want to smoke cigars. Someone put something new on the table. Oh, I want to smoke that. So I'll finish this one. I want to smoke that cigar. I want to enjoy that. Cigars are purely enjoyment, right? If, if, if you're working your job, whether you're making $18 an hour at McDonald's, or you're making $500,000 a year at a corporate company, right? If you're taking your smoke break to choke down a, a petite Corona, you're smoking cigars for the wrong damn reason, man. But you really are, you know? But what we can do now and the availability that we have to this setting, this setting right here, I want you to imagine what we're doing right now in every possible place you can imagine it, we've done it. The bed of a truck, uh, on a dock. Kansas City, yeah. <laughs> in the back of a lounge, in the front of a lounge, in a bar, in a corner of a bar we shouldn't have been smoking, but we were, right? Like we've done it everywhere. Now imagine this same setting in about 10 minutes. Now these mics, nothing's going to change. This is this is what we do. This is this is, and this is majority of the tobacco, the cigar industry, right? This is what it is. We are so fortunate that in Missouri, I'll hold it to Missouri because you can go just in St. Louis alone. I've said this before. Within 20 miles, you can reach six cigar bars. In that same 20 miles, you can reach 12 cigar lounges. Right, I mean, you you can enjoy a cigar anywhere and everywhere across every platform or pattern of community across the St. Louis market. You can do that, right? Or you can just do what we're doing now and save your cigars for the moment, right? And do it right now. Or you start to get into them and you smoke them on your own or you do this or you do that. None of the nostalgic arrogance has to fall on top of that because you can enjoy the moment that it is, right? Well, the 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 benefit of of this group is you the generosity that you've offered of giving me a cigar means that this weekend 
when I enjoy the cigar, it'll revert back to today, right? So, 100%. So, so if we were just sitting around drinking and, and bullshitting without the cigars, great, fantastic. But now we have the cigar, and so now I get to take this with me. I get to enjoy this weekend, and I get to think about today. And so to me, that is a part of getting back to what, for a novice like myself, what smoking a cigar will bring. Yeah, but what's fun to me is you already have the nuance built into what you're doing, right? You're, yep. you're obviously, uh, if nuanceful is a word, I'm going to make it, <laughs> write it down, I don't care. The nuance that you, you directly give to uh, what is just, we're, we're hanging out, man. I mean, it is what it is. You finished one cigar, gave you another. Yeah. That's how, that's kind of, that's what we've done for, since all of us have known each other, it's just what we do. It, it's, and that happens in lounges over and over and over and over. It, it is what it is, you know, but I mean, the way your nuance plays into what's going to happen, you're more involved in tobacco than you think you are. Hmm. You really are. Okay. You know, here's um, the other and, thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no go ahead. I'm saying here's the other thing too. Is undoubtedly just since the short time I've spent with you, you think about what you're thinking. And I know that sounds strange, but a lot of people think, but they really don't think. You are um, taking time to evaluate things. You're spending time thinking about what you're thinking and laying out there and discussing and talking about. And that's nice because a lot of people kind of just, uh, you know, they jump in that raft and they're floating down the river and they're, they're plenty of fine, like maintenance seekers, right? They're, they're totally comfortable with that. But then there are some people, especially in this group, we're always thinking, we're always wanting to discuss, we're always wanting to talk, um, we're always wanting to just generally think about what's going on. And especially, we have a podcast. So, me and Mark, we have Craft Imperial. So, um, we're not the average uh, smoker or drinker because we're trying to get on uh, a podcast and talk to people, educate them, and, and and then also just have enlightened bullshit that we took. <laughs> the guy's not had more fun at a piece of toilet paper <laughs> over mm -hmm. here, the young pup. Anyway, that's Old what we do. And that's Old what's kind of new. fun about it. And, and having people that actually think a little bit and want to discuss the thoughts that they have and talk about it is encouraging because uh, that's what we do. Well, I think, that, I think you guys coming up with your podcast is, is amazing. I think it's awesome uh, because now I will now find your podcast and go listen to it and follow it. And I will make suggestions to others to do the same. Well, thank you. Because it's 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 a new way of educating those that just don't. I'm a well, novice, right? And, it, and, it, and it's fun because we we do not. I refuse, refuse to. You're mailer about the internet. What I've said about it is, I refuse to be that. We both do. We agreed on this. We're not going to be that pairing or the tasting layout, right? If you, if you want to watch, listen or watch a podcast that reviews a cigar in its, <laughs> its thirds or its its sides, there's plenty for that. Yep. If you want to watch a podcast that sips on bourbon and gives you all the tastes over and over and over through the dram, there's plenty on that. We threw those together and then we just fix in 
all of our bullshit and, and our, our talk and our fun. And we make this, this is a, what we've been, we've been called the bonfire podcast, man. That's what we do. We, it's like, uh, you can listen to this podcast and it's just like sitting around and there's five, six of your guys hanging out. Absolutely. Listen, if you're making the same noise we're making now, we of course we do talk tobacco and alcohol, but or spirits, I should say, but you know, it is what it is, man. I mean, we're, we're having fun. And hopefully people that are listening, um, find a fellowship within our podcast that like, Hey, I'm going to listen to that crazy-ass cowboy and the Viking, mad Russian, and we've got a host of people that hang out on the show that people are connecting to, and even though they're not here with us, oh, they're Jones. still uh, experiencing <laughs> the same shit that Why we're yeah. we're experiencing, and hopefully they gather in this podcast, and um, and we can answer some questions, we can enlighten them, or we can them who fucking nah, knows right i don't think so much i think they find a lot of humor and enjoyment and some education along the way of listening to the craft imperial uh, podcast and on that note jimmy saved that for the after hours talk or this is not going to end we are going to continue this but we are at our end we are at we're not doing joe rogan episodes so we do have to calm this shit down all right um from the Viking, I do want to thank the Mad Russian. Thank you so much for the uh, perugula. Sitting outside today was fantastic. The Midwinter's Night Dram uh, from 2018, Act 16, like 5. Sitting out here enjoying that. All of the cigars. Thank you to Tommy for the Garofalo Sun Grown. Uh, Jimmy, it was a pleasure meeting you. Thank you. Uh, you are yeah, Jimmy John now. Jimmy John. That is, that is, that is, that is uh, Jimmy John. Um, uh, At least he's not in jail. This is true. Because there has been a Jimmy John guy in jail. This is the Jimmy John not in jail. Can I look one question before you answer? Yes, you can. can. What can your listeners and myself do to learn more about cigars? Ask more questions. Well, hang on. Uh, You should follow Craft Imperial on Instagram and listen to the Craft Imperial podcast. Absolutely. On Apple, on that. No, or, and I I am not self centered about this. We are located in St. Louis. You guys are St. Louis. Come find us. Uh, my day job, I do work at Lit Cigar Lounge. Uh, you'll find me. I am the Viking. You won't miss me. Um, anytime that the Berman Cowboy and myself are out or the Berman Cowboy is out on his own, I do share it across the Instagram or the Mad Russian is an employee down at Grand Crew. Whenever he is down there, go down and see him. He's got the wealth of knowledge that we all have and will not take that away from anybody. Uh, but come out and see us and you'll you'll yeah, you'll find sure. it man um if if you want anything from us if you need to know anything just reach out it's 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 nothing for us to reach out to you uh we are local if you're not local reach out and we will get things to you we have no problem doing that uh, so thank you guys very much mahalo for everything uh mad rush he pisses in his pants and he loves you. <laughs> Jimmy John, what do you got, buddy? Thank you for everything. Yes, hey, sir. man. Bourbon Cowboy? I appreciate you coming and hanging out with us this afternoon. And from the Bourbon Cowboy, man, we always appreciate you guys listening every week. Until next time, giddy up. <laughs>